Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, Gypsy gang? We're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And today we are bringing you an Olympian and not just any Olympian, an Olympic gold medalist from the 2021 Tokyo Games, Logan Martin. So stoked to do this one. Uh, I think we first probably talked about doing the podcast together about two and a half years ago. Um, And it's just been one of those ones that's just kind of been simmering away in the background. And I feel like uh, subconsciously, uh, I kind of was just waiting for the Olympics to get done and dust. It was supposed to happen last year, uh, obviously, and then they've made it happen in July this year. Um, but I just kind of got the vibe that that Logan was just head down, bum up, and uh, and kind of wanted to get the Olympics done before he really did anything else. Um, so, man, I'm so stoked to finally get the chance to sit down with Logan. Um, I know Logan best through Sam. Uh, they are really, really close. Um, and while I don't spend a bunch of time with Logan personally, um, I kind of know him through Sammy pretty well. And I know the work ethic. I know the dedication. Uh, and I know the sacrifices that he's made to be at the top of his sport through my relationship with Sam. So to get to sit down and talk for a couple of hours with Logan firsthand was, uh, yeah, a pretty, pretty epic experience. So I enjoyed this one. I think you guys will too. Um, but before Logan Martin, we'll just get into the sponsors. And first sponsor today, keeping the bloody lights on in this studio, are the Lords at Manscaped. Now, all the way from Australia to Houston, uh, do we have a pew problem? Yeah, we kind of do. Uh, so our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. You can join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code GYPSYGANG. Look, we talk a lot about routine in this podcast and the manscaping routine is something that i've fully embraced uh when i first got sent uh my package from manscape package no pun intended uh i just used the clippers i really wanted to see if they actually didn't cut your balls in the way that every other clippers uh do they've got the ceramic blade on there that prevents a lot of that damage from taking place um But when you get the performance package, they give you uh, like the ball deodorant, they give you the clippers, they give you the moisturizer. Uh, So look, 
We talk a lot about routine. I now have a manscaping routine. I just work my way uh, through that performance package. Uh, and look, just takes care of itself, uh, especially like the spray, like the, the ball deodorant. Uh, I really think that's actually quite a valuable thing. Uh, inside this package, the Performance Package 4.0, uh, you'll find the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, personal fave, uh, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold uh, your whole solar system going on there. Uh, fourth generation also features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents uh, thanks to the to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch, uh, and you can even engage a travel lock and it's waterproof. Uh, there's an LED light on there as well. Um, these things, uh, the, the performance package, honestly can't recommend it enough. So again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code EGYPSYGANG at manscaped.com. Your dick and balls need some help. Uh, for that help, go to Manscaped. Your space balls will thank you. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au. Uh, look, I've lost count of the builds that we've got going on. Uh, the TC125, got that build video coming out pretty soon. Uh, then we've got a mid-2K build going on. Uh, we've got a 350 that's got... 50 hours on it nearly uh and then a 96 cr 250 that needs some love as well so look my mx store account is copping a flogging uh the guys always come in clutch uh same day shipping if you order before 2 p.m i don't generally need that uh it's funny maddie works in the exact same office but he gets the old same day shipping deal going um but i go do click and collect um and if you're in the gold coast or southeast queensland you can visit their brand new showroom to do the same but if you're not just go to go to mxstore.com.au uh, make sure you order before 2 p.m. and you'll get that same day shipping. Also, tomorrow I'll be there doing a one-hour Q&A with Jeff Ballard. DM me on Instagram if you've got questions for GB. I've asked him enough of my own questions. Now it's time uh, for you guys to ask yours. Um, and if you are in Burley or around the Gold Coast, head to the uh, show and shine at MX Store tomorrow. Uh, go to the website for more details. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Crush Oz. You can head to crushoz.com. It is a performance bike wash company by riders for riders. They have the ultra drive train degreaser, the afterwash bike spray, which living in Burley, uh, I've had a few too many nice parts get corroded just by living at the beach and leaving in my shed so that after wash has been crucial uh we've got the illuminate waterless wash and wax that thing is great for your bmx or push by uh mountain bike uh they've got the platinum chain lube the premium bike wash of course i go through drums of this stuff uh, and then you also have the rotor revive uh in there as well as their premium uh foaming rapid wash these guys, honestly, amazing company, uh, Victoria-based. Uh, they're being distributed all around the world. Uh, one of uh, our original sponsors, one of our, uh, one of the companies that yeah just looks looks after us um, in in such a big way. Uh, sorta is. I, I actually said to Matt the other day when we were, when we were messaging. Um, 
the crush products essentially just make the shittest part of riding that little bit better. Uh, they make washing bikes uh, better for me. I feel like they'll make washing bikes better for you. Um, if you don't know what to get uh, and you want to buy something from Crush, I would just start uh, with their bike wash bucket. Um, it's the easiest way, uh, the ProCare bucket, I should say. Um, it's just got everything in there. It's the same kind of thing as I just said with Manscaped. You just like work your way at once for every product. Everything's done your bike is insanely clean um, and you just don't have to worry about uh, the most expensive thing you own probably apart from your house and your car um, going to shit. So once again, crushoz.com. Uh, we're also brought to you, literally this podcast was brought to you by Fist Handwear because my boy Sammy was the one that uh, really pulled the trigger, made this one happen. He has been a longtime sponsor of Logan Martin. That has been an epic relationship. Um, that, that it, It's a relationship that goes a lot deeper than just uh, sponsor an athlete as well. Um, it's one of the reasons why we all love Sammy. Um, he puts his heart and his soul into everything that he does. The whole team at Fist Handwear does. They just dropped their new range. What are they up to now? Is it chapter 16 or 15? 16 16 god damn sam you're a g chapter 16 is at fisthandwear.com uh same deal if you use the code gypsy gang you are going to get a 15 percent off uh absolutely love the new line uh there's some there is a few designs in there i'd run i'm a pretty boring guy when it comes to my gloves i love the stockers um and i love the breezer gloves just in the basic colorway uh there's a couple of really good breezers in this collection if you've run fist gloves before but you've never tried the breezers coming into summer here in australia i'll suggest you give it a go um all that is at fisthandwear.com. Uh, you can also go to dixonquality.com.au. That code Gypsy Gang is going to get you 15% off as well. And lastly, but surely not least, uh, you can head to crickstweed.com.au. Uh, give him a call. Ask for Kyle. He's the man there. Uh, full-blown member of the Gypsy Gang, and he will get you dialed. That's it from us. Logan Martin, I enjoyed this one. Ronan said he enjoyed listening. Um, I hope you all enjoy as well and take something away from this podcast. Logan Martin is an epic dude, and I really hope you enjoy. And two in May. What? So, so yeah. two and a half. Yeah. Dude, I remember Crazy. actually the last time you were here. Uh, you bought him in. Yeah, he was yeah, like exactly. pretty much a newborn. That, yeah, that's right. That's when I was here last. No way. Crazy. Two and a half. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It's wild, dude. That's yeah. tripping me out. Are we good to go? Logan Martin, Olympic gold medalist, BMX freestyle. Sounds pretty good. Doesn't the great it? man. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's uh, it's insane. It's a, a huge accomplishment. So much. Obviously, it's. I was funny. I was thinking about like where does the Olympic prep start? And it's like, as you sit here right now as an Olympic gold medalist, that prep started the day you first rode a BMX bike, really. Yeah, literally. It's, uh, you know, an accumulation of every pre- every session, every every gym workout uh, from from when I first started. And honestly, like, it, it's it's the, num- the number of years that, that have gone into it, is, 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 it's been everything. So, um, yeah, honestly, like, we, we got introduced into the Olympics in 2017. So that's sort of when, when my, you know, when I, when I prep, set the yeah. goal yeah um but honestly everything that i've done in the in the past years uh has has you know worked towards this moment yeah man it's super cool and and the the support obviously i'm 
I feel so close to you just because I'm so close to Sammy. So you guys have worked together for a long time with, yeah. with fist gloves and seeing the effect that you've had on, I guess, like the community here during, you know, like the qualification and then while you're in Tokyo and then, you know, the everybody was watching those runs and then, you know, to, to win the gold medal and come home. Like it's just, it's been such a, such a crazy deal to kind of watch unfold yeah for sure and it, it's been crazy to see how much support i've had mm. um you know i've you know I've, I've won x games and world championships and stuff like that and none of like i never got the amount of support that i did at the olympics at, at these other events which, which makes sense but um you know so many people even just the, the week leading up to tokyo so many people that i haven't heard or heard from for for years and years you know message me to you know say good luck and things like that and then obviously winning, winning the gold medal i've had the most amazing amount of support and 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 everyone's saying that they watched it and they enjoyed it and my you know my kids are starting to ride bikes now and making little jumps at their house and things like that and it's you know it's honestly so amazing and that's what i wanted to do going to the olympics i just wanted to showcase mm. you know what freestyle bmx is about and uh and and hope you know hopefully get more kids on bikes and uh I, th I think i think i did a good job so it's pretty cool yeah and i mean on the one hand you're like this individual and then you're an australian so you're trying to win a gold medal for australia but the fact that bmx freestyle was in the olympic games for the first time ever like you're kind of carrying the weight of the sport on your shoulders in a way. Yeah, for sure. Because because we are we are showcasing a, a new sport to a new audience, and yeah, I, I wanted to put BMX in in a positive. I mean, represent BMX in a positive light. Um, which yeah, was you know it was it was a big task for sure. We we you know, I I essentially just went out there and did did what I love doing, and obviously the you know the response we got was was amazing uh, which which i'm most stoked about but yeah it was it was it was a big thing being there for the first time at the olympics what what was that like to be in that atmosphere and around other athletes that um may not have kind of come in contact with bmx freestyle or i mean there's probably a little bit of i guess like a connotation associated with like an action sport as well i mean you've got like pole vault and decathlon yeah and uh then you've got bmx freestyle so i mean is there like a this weird distinction where it's like oh you're an action sports athlete as opposed to like being an athlete or did you find that it was a really well just embraced as like you were an olympic athlete yeah i i felt like i was meant to be there um you know especially you know especially when i was in the, in the village speaking to all the aussie athletes from you know from all their all the different sports and things and they were asking what i did and i said i do like freestyle bmx and they were super like they were pretty they were stoked on it they're like oh wow well, like they didn't they didn't have much understanding of what it, you know what i actually did mm. um but they were stoked that you know I, I was there you know doing doing that sport for the first time and i felt yeah i just felt like a part of you know the olympic team and it was it was it was cool being around <clears throat> sorry being around so many you know different athletes at the top of their sport mm. um you know speaking with them how, how they got to the top of their sport and all those sorts of things and just walking around the village and you know trying to guess what sports certain you know certain yeah, people yeah. did which was it, honestly it was so amazing it was, it was such a cool such a cool environment to be in yeah man i, I can i can imagine that because like 
you're Logan Martin, the BMX guy, and you're a god to so many people, like Olympic gold medalist. Like, what you can do on a bike is like full freak show shit. But then there's just like, you're just a normal dude, yeah. and then you're like a husband and a dad, and you got a wife, and it's like just, you're a guy. And I mean, I'm sure that to get to the Olympic village, there's like so much self doubt. There's so much kind of, um, there's just like this emotion that goes into it. Nothing's guaranteed. Like there's, sure. there's so many times throughout that process where you probably didn't feel like an Olympic athlete or you didn't feel like you would have belonged there, you know? Yeah. So like to, to be able to mix with those people that have had those similar experiences, it must have been something pretty cool. Yeah, on, honestly, like everything you said is, is so so true. It's like I think of myself as just, just a normal, normal person. You know, I am. Um but I've just had things within within myself to have the you know the passion and the drive to you know go after what I want, and that's that's like anyone anyone yeah. in business, all all the other Olympic athletes and everyone goes through the same thing. There's always there is always self doubt. There's always the unknown of you know how how something's going to go or how 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 the event's going to go. Um, you know every, we're only human. It, everyone everyone goes through the same same thing. But yeah, at the end of the day, I I am you know just just a normal guy. I yeah as you said i'm I'm a husband i'm I'm a father and i yeah i mean i i i just i just ride my bike and you know i chase after goals so um yeah honestly like it's 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 crazy to it's crazy to me that i have an olympic gold medal like growing up i was i was always watching the olympics never never you know did any sports that was that was in the olympics never really thought of you know trying to get to get to the olympics i just you know i did did what i did and you know heading into the olympics i'm like man i'm like i literally have a one in nine shot to win to mm. win an olympic gold medal and uh i'm like that's pretty good odds and then i'm also going into it as a favorite f- because i won the world championships two months before and i'm like man i have you know i have a good good chance at this and i just you know i just i just stayed true to myself and i, I did what i usually do at, at events and i mm. um you know i just put so much focus and so much effort into it leading into Tokyo and then while, while I was there as well I didn't I didn't uh let the I guess the the Olympic environment you know affect how I was going to perform um I was still there I was still trying to embrace everything about the Olympics but I was still there focused on you know on that on that one day um so yeah honestly it's, it blows my mind yeah it's it's cool uh what you just said there about like not trying to let the goal dictate like how you felt or what you did um something that i personally have been trying to implement in my own life is not really even focusing on goals like i wouldn't even say i particularly have any goals at this point um but i've definitely got a really clear idea of what a good day looks like in my life that would move me towards a goal for sure you know And, and i think that i've kind of found that um I've been lucky in this sense with this podcast to like blow past goals that I could have even set for myself. And I think that once I started figuring that out, like, oh, if you, you can actually set goals too small, you know? And it's like, if if you just have this like gnarly process of like doing the best you can with all of these different verticals in your life, you actually don't know the goal that you could achieve. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I know through you personally and through Sammy I know like you've drunk like three times in your 20s and you know you've just built this incredible facility in your house everything that you've done is geared towards it seems to me anyway of like just this process of 
getting better and then it's like you get to an event like the olympics and you don't have to do shit no nah, you just gotta sure. stay stick to the process yeah exactly right you're 100 percent right and it's 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 what you do every every single day that helps you know the the, the bigger the bigger goal and um that's that's exa- exactly right I, I stuck to doing everything that i would usually do um you know i when i was 18 19 i saw i stopped drinking i stopped partying and i just wanted to focus on you know feeling good every day you know not waking up with a hangover and just making sure okay i got, got a good sleep last night i can go and ride my bike and i can progress today and then i'll do the same thing the next day and i'll just it's just it's just what you do every single day um and that's 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 what i did and i was you know leading into tokyo i didn't change much i didn't change i didn't change anything really you know i was i was doing i was making sure that every day was good um you know i felt felt good every day i was doing doing everything i usually do but just consistently just mm-hmm. just keeping it consistent and then when i was in tokyo you know it sort of it sort of worked out pretty good the the event in tokyo the finals oh the 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 semifinals and the finals uh was scheduled at the same time as i usually ride when i'm back home so i'm like oh, oh this is like this is perfect like i'll keep doing what i'm doing at home leading up to tokyo and then when i'm in tokyo you know the the event is the same time i ride like this is you know i i felt deep inside me like this is something that's meant to happen like this is this is mine like i can i can i can really do this just and and it's just those little things i just stay consistent every day and um yeah and then when i when i knew that it was on the same time like all right perfect i you know i can if i if i sleep at this time and i wake up at this time I, i'll go eat breakfast at this time and yeah, you know, every, yeah. every other day i feel good to ride at you know 10, 10 o'clock so um it was just little things like that where it started like coming into my mind that everything's just working everything yeah. everything's ready to go the, the one thing that I no, did notice, um, like at, before we even started recording this, like we've spoken about doing this podcast literally for two and a half years yeah. and uh, we've, we've never done it. And part of me didn't push you to do it because I felt like there was a bit of an energy coming from you that you didn't really want to do anything before the Olympics. Like it seemed to me like you were that focused and almost like a there was going to be this, um, I guess like a dump after like where you would want to do interviews and you would want to yeah. talk about the experience. And I, I don't know, man, I just really got that vibe that you were just going to work and you didn't want anything to distract you. You didn't seem like you spoke much about the Olympics. Like, I don't know. It, it seemed like you really tried to purposely put the magnitude of the event out of your mind for sure. until it was after the event yeah i mean you you're pretty much correct there um you know i, I actually did want to come on this podcast i know we've you know we spoke about it a while ago and then it sort of got put on the back burner and the, i was i was saying to my wife like yesterday once we once we sorted this out i was saying to my wife i'm like ah, oh, you know i i actually wanted to hit him up a few months hit, hit you up a few months ago and um and do the podcast but i didn't want to be the one to reach out yeah right. so i was glad that glad that sammy hit me up yesterday and you know it is it did come at a perfect time so you know i believe everything happens for a reason i think this is a perfect time that we did this um but i think i think you are correct i did you know the the olympics is massive but i did just i just stuck to my processes and didn't treat it like a different event uh until yeah until after it now i look back i'm like man i have a you know i have an olympic gold medal and i think if i if i had have been so focused and i guess overly committed to making this happen it, it wouldn't have happened um yeah. if, if you want something too bad i think it you know starts to crumble yeah so i i did i you're, you're you're very correct i did um you know put put the magnitude 
of like the scale of it to the side and just stick to my processes really. i was gonna say that's yeah. like the trust in the process yeah, though, exactly, right? is exactly. like if, if you know from for my for my end like i get into this studio every day about 10 o'clock and i leave every day about six and it's just I'm, i never have a plan as such as what i'm like going to do but i'm just that there's no pressure there's no yeah. you know like i write down all the shit i could possibly do if i don't do it i just do it the next day yeah but in my mind i'm like if i do this this amount of work this many day and it, i do it every day like yeah, i really don't yeah, yeah and i just feel like there's no the the goal will kind of just take care of itself sure. then you know and yeah. then you you know you're not you're not getting so bogged down in the magnitude of certain things and yeah, yeah i just i fully got that vibe off you and that's actually yeah. why i didn't like reach out before it i was just like you know what i just feel like he's doing his thing yeah and uh being that like strong and silent type and and just getting it done yeah yeah no and it's um it's yeah it sort of sort of was that that way um even like you know couple of years ago or whatever like some schools would hit me up and say oh we want you to come out and do some speaking stuff and it's like I didn't feel like I was ready to be that guy at the school yeah. speaking and stuff like that. Now that, you know, that I've been to the Olympics, I have an Olympic gold medal, I, f- I feel like now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready for that stuff. And just think things like that where I can put more time into and podcasts and things like that. It, it's all, it's all come at a good time now, yeah. I, I believe. And I have a, I have a more solid story, I think, to, to, to go with my career. Um, you know, I, and if, if we go back to, you know goals and things like that i when i first started riding bmx i wanted to win a x games gold medal once i won that i still just kept doing what i did every the other same day thing, yeah. um and then you know the, the year the year later i won another x games gold medal and it didn't slow me down i just kept doing what i did every other day and then you know the olympics came and i, I was ready for that as well so um yeah it, it, it's it just goes go exactly like you you rock up here at 10 and you leave by six and it's the same thing every day but it's just consistency yeah you know, and just sticking to what you know yeah and i think that it, it makes sense too that you know like you can <laughs> the thing is though is like you could have gone to schools and you could have done all of this before like you're yeah. multiple x games gold medalist multiple time world champion it's like the credentials are there but you know this this olympic thing starts in 2017 and and you it, it's like you and lupo so like the two dudes you know and then there's a couple of guys from around the world as well where everybody was like these are the guys that can win a gold medal and it's like as soon as this gets announced you know that that's how it's going to go down you know you're going to be in the running and you yeah. know that you know the competition you've competed against them forever and it kind of makes sense to just shelve everything exactly. and even shelve any of the thoughts of what you could be or or whatever until like after you you know and you either get the job done or you don't yeah but yeah. it's like it makes sense to put the time in and, and the sure. way that you did it yeah for sure and that, that was the thing like when when we got an announced in, in 2017 that we were going to be an olympic sport it was like all right, I need to do, you know, these these events, this number of events um, to help qualify for that. You know, me, me and Lupos were, were the two guys qualifying the country. And I mean, in, in 2020, like we were we were both going. If there was no more events, we were both going to the, to the Olympics. And, you know, la- last minute, six weeks before the Olympics, they, they put a world championship on. And That's heartbreaking yeah, for it's, brands it, too, it, it, it really is. Like, it, it's crazy the way it all played out. And it was like, okay, I'm excited that there's another event. You know, we haven't had an event for a year and a half. I was 
I was excited to go ride another event and I knew what I needed to do. I just, you know, I, it's, it's, it goes, it's, it's the, the exact same thing. I go back to my process. So right, I'm going to do this. If I do well at this event, I'll be going to the Olympics. And it was like me and Lupos even spoke about it. Like we both just have to do good. Yeah. We ha- both just have to, you know, top the top the American guys, which we both can do. We, we've, we've done it plenty of times. And um, that, that, was, that was the plan. Obviously, you know, some things don't work out that way, you know, the, the way you want it. But I, um, yeah, I just, I just had a plan and I, you know, I, I went after it the best I could. So, uh, let's go back then because I spoke about my, uh, I guess, investment in processes that really didn't start until like, I'm only a few years deep in this line of thinking. Uh, but for a guy like you, that's reached the top of your sport. Uh, when did it first click in your mind that the way to go about this was to invest in, in not only yourself, but to invest in these processes and then do these processes consistently? I, f- I feel like I've been doing it since the start of my career. Um, I sort of picked it up pretty quick. Like when I, 2013 was, was when I started traveling and competing and, you know, I, this, this was going to be my career. And I think I just got a quick grasp on, on how, how everything works. Um, you know, I was, I'm very calculated. I, I know what yeah. I need to do. You know, some, sometimes things don't work out the way you want it, but like I know what I need to do to win. I know what I, I know what sort of work needs to go in, um, you know, beforehand leading into the events. And over time, I just got more and more of an understanding of, you know, what everyone else was doing and how I can work harder than them or how, how I can beat them at the event. And that, you know, the last probably few years, three or four years, I've really started to focus on, all right, I've got to do this leading into the event. When I'm at the event, I've got to do this, this, and this. Uh, but every, every event, I'm learning, you know, learning new things about myself. Um, you know, you never feel the same. Every, every event, you feel different. The nerves are different. You you deal with the nerves differently every time. But I think I've always had a pretty good understanding of of how I can how I can you know better myself or how I can progress further. Um, and yeah, as I said, I I just feel like I've always been fairly calculated and understand what needs to be done. And, and what do you attribute that to? Like when you were, when you were young, like, because for me, I mean, I had this kind of idea of like a free, and I talk about it all the time on the podcast, but I had this idea of freedom as like doing whatever you want, whenever you want. Like that was my idea of freedom, but that doesn't necessarily give you freedom. That kind of gives you chaos. Yeah. You've got a chaos of options. You've got a chaos of outcomes. Like shit is so more unpredictable when you uh have more variables like that just kind of makes sense but i live like that for fucking ever dude and i thought that was like the move was to like live this like free and happy life and it's like it took me a long time to figure that out but for you you seem to figure that out early and it's like where did that come from do you think honestly i I don't know like even i guess when i was younger like my mum would always say like I can do anything that I want if I put my mind to it. Mm. And I, when I, when I look back, it's like that, that saying, or, you know, my mom telling me that multiple times was, had a big, had a big play on where I was going to go in life. If I really wanted to do, do something or, or, you know, achieve something, then I can, you know, I know if I, if I concentrate and I think about it, I can work out how to get it. Mm. Um, you know, it, 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 it does, it does come, come down to like, yeah, your, your your parents, um, you know, instilling things in your mind when when you're growing up, and that that's one of the things. And I, you know, I was I played rugby league when I was younger, 
And even when I was playing rugby league, I always, you know, always gave it my all when I was on the field. When I was playing football, I, you know, if there was a big guy there, I would, I would, if it was running at me, I'd, I'd do my best to tackle him. And I don't know, I just, I've just always had that in me, just to always give it my best. Mm. Um, and then obviously throughout my BMX career, I've just always tried to do my best. I don't, I don't really want to want anything if I haven't worked for it. Mm. Um, so I think I think I've always just had it in me to you know I I've always wanted success you know if, if if I look back when I was younger it's like I did always want to be someone I did always want the success and it's like okay how can I do it how can I get mm. there and I played rugby league as I said and then I started riding a bike and it's like okay I can you know I'm pretty good on a bike and it just you know it just progressed from there it's like oh I could make a living off this and okay now I can go and do this event or I can win this event and it just it just progressed and I always just wanted I just always wanted something I suppose and I went after it yeah so when for, for me right my BMX bike that was like my first ever love in my life was riding BMX I used to ride BMX my BMX bike to school every day every day after school I used to yeah. make BMX jumps we made like a makeshift foam pit like that was the when I look back and when I thought about doing this interview I was like man that was probably like my first real taste of freedom and my first real like creative outlet with my yeah. friends, whether it was like making jumps or trying tricks or like doing manuals and wheelies and things like that. And then when I think about it, I'm like, man, that was probably like my first ever form of escapism in a way. For sure. Was that a similar thing for you? Like when, what was the first attraction to riding a bike? Yeah, no, you're, you're pretty much bang on as well. I think when I started going down to the skate park, cause I, I, yeah, I started when I was about 12 going, going down to the skate park and you know, I'd go down there after school and it was just like, it was just, I could, I could relax down there. I didn't have to worry about anything else. I didn't have to worry about school the next day. And I could just be down there, hang out with my mates. Um, and and just you know ride our bikes and i think that was the same thing it was just you know it was just freedom when i was at the skate park and i could just not worry about anything else and you know i was obviously a kid i didn't have too much going on anyway yeah. uh, but it was just you know it was it was super fun and it was just you know it was just a, a good environment i, I like the environment i liked i liked just i just liked riding my bike and it um progressed over time do you think that the, like, dude, I remember, like, we grew up in Cairns and, like, Edmonton. It was, like, the skate park and the bike jumps felt like, just felt like running the gauntlet every day that you were there. Like, you get bashed by some kids yeah. or some random drugo dude would rock up. So, it was, like, it's weird when I look back at it. It was, like, kind of like a scary place, but then at the same time, it was almost, like, the your haven, like, your yeah, own, for sure. you know, your own uh, little deal. But I feel like, this like the skate park and dirt jumps kind of was like looked down upon in a way when i was growing up and yeah. you know like years and years ago now yeah i feel like that's changing and that there's success stories when i was a kid at a skate park there was no famous um, bmx guys from australia or anything like that so it wasn't really like a legitimate kind of career option that you could stay in bmx and you yeah. could keep pushing and you could keep progressing and one day you could be like brandon lupos or or logan martin um and i think that's one of the biggest things that the olympics can kind of do is kind of make it okay for kids to invest their time yeah. in those skate parks because i mean for me and my friends we eventually grew out of that and you know went on to to do other things but we're kind of like encouraged 
away from yeah, yeah. riding a bike. Right? I feel like that's probably not the case nowadays. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I, I agree. When when we were younger, when I was at the skate park, like we were, you know, yeah, we're definitely like, oh, they're just you know kids messing around down at the skate park and you know it was like that some some days we'd be riding some days we'd be messing around or we'd just even you know just be hanging just out hang, and whatever yeah. um there was definitely some you know sketchy dudes always down the skate park and yeah. th- things like that for sure and as the years progressed i was you know i i yeah i don't know i was focused on just riding my bike so i'd only go to the skate park to ride it to progress it to progress my riding and um you know that was sort of when i was getting out of school and stuff like that and I was, you know, I, I started hanging out with Kyle Baldock. So then yeah. I sort of saw like, okay, I could, you know, I could. Is he get, older than you? Yeah, he's two years older than yeah, me. Okay. Yeah. So he started traveling overseas and doing well at advance. And it's like, oh man, like we're good mates. Like it, we could, you know, I could, I could follow his path and I could see a vision of like, I can, you know, make a living off this. And it just got to the point where it's like, all right, I'm going to go overseas and I'm going to try my luck and see, see how I go. And yeah, now now that it's an Olympic sport, kids can start off from a young age and be like, "All right, I want to go to the, the to the Olympics. Like, this is my pathway now." Whereas when I was younger, it was sort of just you know, you know, you're just guessing guessing what you should do. Um, you know, I, I had a bit of guidance with Kyle for sure, but uh, I was still just sort of guessing and sort of just you know, gambling with with where I wanted wanted to go. To to be honest, man, I I knew you and Kyle were close, but I didn't know that he was kind of like the dude that was a couple of years ahead of you that's pretty important eh? to yeah. have that one dude that's a couple of years older he's getting a car a couple of years before you are and going overseas and making a career out of it like that actually is a pretty crucial figure to to play in someone's like sporting career yeah for sure and i, I always go back to that and it's like he was he was my idol when i when i was growing up like i, I met him at the skate park I'm like man this dude's crazy like he's super good I think I met him when I was around 16. So it was sort of the same time, like I was finding new people to ride with. I was, you know, starting to get out of school and my other mates were starting to get jobs and stuff like that. The guys that I first started riding with. So I was traveling to different skate parks and meeting, meeting new friends and stuff like that. And then, yeah, me, me and Kyle started, started hanging out quite a bit. And we'd always, you know, I'd go sleep on his floor on the weekends and we'd go to the skate park on the Saturday and Sunday. And um yeah we we just created like a really really good friendship and he just took me under his wing pretty much and it was you know it was good to have that guidance because you know it it helped me so much and he was he he knew where he was going like everyone could see that he was going to be the guy Mm. you know he he got multiple x games gold medals and stuff now but you could just see that he was going to be the guy and it was was cool that i create we created such a good friendship and i could you know get guidance from him and um that yeah that played a massive part in in where i am now yeah that makes sense was there a day like even when you were younger where there was like a bit of a light bulb like maybe it was like a trick that you learned or a day where you just like put together a bunch of like really i guess like big shit together at the skate park to where you've kind of solidified a self-belief in a way because there is a pretty intense level of self-belief that you have to have to achieve what you've achieved for sure and i i don't know if there was a like a single day or a single moment if i if i look back at it when i was 16 i learned flare whips which you know that's pretty good at you know at 16 Mm. and i think from sort of from there it's like oh shit like i'm doing tricks that professionals are doing, yeah, doing at, at competitions, com- competitions. Yeah, yeah. so i'm like fire like if i you know and and th- 
if I go back to earlier than that, me and my friend were just at the skate park and we're like, oh, imagine if, you know, if we learned a trick every day for the next, yeah. you know, w- imagine how good we'll be when we're 20. And it sort of, that sort of just stayed, it stayed in my mind and it was like, I stuck with it. My, my, my friend, you know, got over it. But that sort of stuck in my mind. And yeah, when I, when I started learning tricks that, you know, pros were doing in competitions, it's like, if, if I keep going and I keep, you know, staying, staying dedicated to, to learning new tricks every, every day, then I can, you know, I can do this. And I just, I, I enjoyed it so much, which made it easier. And when I was learning the tricks and I'd start, I'd do them every day. So I'd perfect them and everything would start feeling easier over time. And that's sort of where it was. Like I started learning the bigger, bigger tricks when I was around 16, 17. And um, then, yeah, a couple, couple of years later, I could do it consistently. And it's, you know, oh, no, let's go go to an event and try to do it at an event. Did you, have you ever put much thought into why maybe you stuck with it when other people didn't? I, you know, I, I never, I was never really a party guy. You know, mm. I, they, I, I think, you know, my, my other mates were more into partying than I was. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I would go to the parties and stuff with them throughout my schooling years. And, you know, on the weekend I was looking for, looking for the next party and things like that. But I'll, but I was always like, all right, I'm going to go to this party tonight, but I'm going to go ride tomorrow still. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let this party affect me tomorrow. I'm still going to go ride my bike. And I, I just, I, I think I just had that, that in me. I just, you know, I didn't really enjoy that, like the party lifestyle. Um, so yeah, as I said, when I was eight, 18, 19, I stopped drinking because I wanted to focus on BMX. Whereas, you know, 16, 17, my, my other friends just sort mm-hmm. of let the party life take over and they, they were enjoying the party life more. So they'd miss the weekend sessions and then they'd come back throughout, throughout the week or something like that, you know? And I, I think I just didn't let the party life interrupt where I wanted to go. And I, I just didn't, I just enjoyed riding my bike. So I, um, you know, ended up giving up the party life and focusing on, on where I wanted to go. Yeah. It is pretty gnarly that age group, right? Like, and I mean, people can look at you as the Olympic gold medalist and multi-time world champ and they can put that down to talent and I think a lot of guys that you know will get blind on the weekend and then they're like the next time they go to a skate park and then they see you just like murdering it they're like fuck dude he's just so talented like <laughs> you know do you think that there is this special relationship between talent or do you think that it's just talent is something that is earned and it's something that comes as a result of sacrifice and time and and like that it is just this consistency and just this work ethic that kind of plays into it yeah i mean there there is somewhat um you know a a thing as natural talent um you know i which i definitely agree with there are naturally talented people for for sure and you know i I like the quote um hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard yeah because from that quote i could see you know i had a bit of talent and i knew if i could work hard then i could be someone great and i could see the talented you know i could i could beat the talented guys um you know some some of the guys that didn't put as much work in but were, were very talented um so i i sort of stuck stuck with that but there there is somewhat nat- natural talent but you know you can't you you can't be someone great if you don't put in the work either yeah um you know t- talent will only get you so far um, you got to, You definitely got to put in the hard work too. Yeah, because I mean, I think that that I was definitely in the category of people that. So, like my brother, for instance, like we're eighteen months apart, and he's always been more quote unquote talented than me. And then as I start to 
you know, look back at his life of riding a motorcycle. I mean, you just got to look at the hour meter on the bikes mm, to yeah. see who rode more and, you know, who wore out more parts and who wore out more, um, you know, more pairs of boots and yeah, yeah. who put the fuel through the motorcycle. And it's like, damn, he's probably got like hundreds of hours yeah, exactly. worth of time on me. So it's yeah. like, where, where does talent factor in? And then, you know, in my own riding, it's like, you can see that when you do put time in, you get better. Sure. And I think that, it's probably one of the things that or like one of the messaging points that I really like talking about these days is like, yeah, there is this natural talent thing, but that quote that you just spoke of, that is kind of a real thing. And you can see, I guess the way that you've invested in yourself and the way that, you know, you don't go party. Cause man, when you're a young kid going and drinking and, you know, doing the party thing and then giving up like days of your life, to to that lifestyle it's like there isn't a lot of productive work that can get no, done exactly. towards your goal like in that time you know yeah yeah exactly and i i saw that early on it's like and if i look back at it now i'm like i glad i'm glad i did party through those you know through those schooling years because i got it out of my system i yeah. you know i found out it wasn't really for me and yeah when i was when i was 18 i I stopped drinking, stopped going to parties and just, you know, focused on feeling good on the weekends and feeling good throughout the week to, to go and ride and, and just focus on BMX. And I think, you know, that, that's one of my sacrifices is, uh, is, is I gave up partying. I gave up hanging out with my old mates, you know, so I could go and ride and hanging out with new mates, which would help progress my riding. And, um, yeah, I mean, it does come with sacrifices too. You, you do yeah. have to sacrifice, but that's one of the things that I gave up, which, you know essentially wasn't for me anyway um and it yeah it, it it all worked out i i guess in my like in my early, early on in my career i was you know and it wasn't really like this for bmx but i i wanted to treat it like a professional sport i wanted yeah. to make sure i was eating good make sure i was working out make sure i was fit and healthy so that i could you know do good on my bike and i i took that early on and i just kept doing that and and it, kept doing it every day um you know and that that yeah I, that was sacrificing party and hanging out with those those mates it's hard though too because you start to you start to distance yourself from those guys and then that comes with baggage man like you've got to you got to deal with that uh and it's funny like i was talking to my housemate about this the other day he used to be a bender dude you know like he yeah. used to go party and he'd go on benders with the boys from where he grew up with and then he actually went out with them the other night and then they're like, oh, we'll get beers. Oh, you drinking? Oh, you probably don't want a beer. Like they, after years, yeah. they just knew that he wasn't going to drink. Yeah. And I mean, sure. it's the same for me. Like I, people know when I go out, they're like, hey, you're not like Jace doesn't really drink. Yeah. So it's like, it takes quite a bit of work to get to that point where like, I guess you got to go through a bit of shit with your f old friends that trying to drag you back in because whether they know it or not i mean i think that the mates that want to like no nah, mate what are you doing just come and drink yeah like, you'll be fine it's there's kind of a little part of them that the, it, i think there's like a reflection on them as to like oh he's going and doing that where it's sort of like they know it looks bad on them yeah, in a way yeah. so they kind of trying to drag you back so i mean even though like you said the party life wasn't for you and it didn't make you feel good like there is still a lot of external pressure that comes with 
trying to like ditch that lifestyle yeah. especially when you're around it like exactly. bmx boys are wild boys for sure 100 percent. and that was sort of when you know i i st- started turning down parties and you know my my friends would yeah start ah oh, he doesn't want to come out oh, he doesn't want to drink or are you for like, the boys oh, mate yeah you're not yeah, for the boys yeah anymore. exactly or like i'd go out and i wouldn't drink and then you know that they are oh, like i remember one one of my he didn't say it to me he said it to someone else and i heard about it he goes oh don't nah, don't worry about him he's a bmx nerd it's like yeah i'll, I'll take that i mean uh, you know I, I enjoy bmx i don't like it i didn't never let stuff like that get to me so that was sort of as i was getting out of the party and scene um and then when i started traveling and going to events like all the boys at the, at the events would go out drinking the night before the event and they'd you know ride the contest hungover and then they'd go out partying after the event and like oh you yeah you coming out i'm like nah like i don't drink like i don't you know that's that's not me and then i'll just stay in my hotel room and i'll I'll fly out the next day and yeah i mean it, it got to the point where you know even after the first year of of, of competing everyone like everyone stopped asking me to come out or stopped yeah. stopped asking me to party just because they knew that you know i was so strong-willed and i wasn't going to give into the party life because i you know i had goals that i wanted to go after and it it just it just comes back down to doing that every day i just you know i i, I kept saying no to every you know every everyone that asked me to come out and party and oh you want to you've won the event are you going to come out and celebrate it's like like no nah, that's not me i'm you know i'm flying home tomorrow i'll get i'll get home have a couple of days rest and i'll be back into it you know working for the next event and yeah it does come with come with that stuff but you know after after the few years of constantly saying no and not drinking you know your, your friends start to understand it they they start to you know see how well i was doing and they yeah they they stopped stopped um asking me to come out and party and, and drinking and stuff yeah and then exactly what you said they see a gold medal around your neck and they're like fuck i guess he was right yeah exactly right and it, you know it is good because you know you've got people you know start talking shit about you or start you know just making up stuff and you know they just don't want to sort of be around that anymore or they don't um you know at the time they don't quite understand it and then yeah when 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 they see that stuff um when you know see that there was a reason why I was saying no to go and party and things like that. I had had things that I wanted to do, and now that they understand, it, it's like, yeah, well, you should have understood it back then. But you know, you, you you live and you learn. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. They they see that stuff now and they understand why why it all why it all went went the way it did. Yeah, and no, and I think it is an important message, man. Like to to get out there. Um, you know, it's definitely a cultural thing, like for Australians and yeah. most of the places where I've traveled. Like people like to party. Um, but if there is like a pressure that any kids that are listening to this feel, you know, to drink or to get into drugs or to do any of that shit, it's just like, you can say no. Yeah, exactly. And after a while, exactly. people stop asking. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I, I was that guy, it was like, people would pay me out cause I w- wasn't going to drink or didn't want to go, you know, do the drugs they were doing and stuff like that. I was, I was, I was so content with being sober i didn't need to go out and party and i didn't need to feel accepted by by other people i just wanted to go and do what i wanted to do so i was happy to say no and you know get bagged on or whatever because i wasn't going to party yeah. with, with my friends is you now i was happy with that and you know it does it uh, when when you look back at it now it's like yeah i did i did get paid out quite a bit because i kept saying no or i was the pussy yeah but I, it was all for a reason and you know now i've gone through that and i look back at it and i'm like yeah it was all for a reason so um yeah if if you don't want to do something it definitely just say no and stick to that 
Um, I never, I ne- I also never felt like I was missing out saying yeah. no to going to parties and things like that. So that made it easier for me as well. Cause I just, you know, I, I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to get a good night's sleep and I can go ride my bike or I can go do whatever I'm going to do the next day to, to progress in the direction I want to go to. Uh, did you feel like there was a point where like it was hard for you to stay on the grind? Cause I mean, again like from my own personal experience like there's definitely times but like let's say you've got a week maybe there's two days in a week where the grind just feels like pointless you're just like why the fuck am i flogging myself <laughs> like that you know yeah, like no, for what sure. for uh is there times where you go through that or do you think that or like what's that timeline look like if, of just staying so committed to something and just like, is there waves for you of like, this is my purpose. And then yeah. the next there's like a down of like, what the fuck am I doing this for? <laughs> so that I, I always have purpose. Like I, I never, I never question why I'm doing something. Um, you know, it's, it's always pretty much to work towards the next event. Whenever the next event comes up, I, I want to be ready for that. Is there something bigger than that though? Uh, not really. Like I, no, yeah, not really. To be honest, I, I mean, nah. I mean, there probably is. I don't. I don't. I just. I just want to. While I can ride as many contests as I, you know, while I can ride contests, travel, do freestyle BMX professionally, I want to just be working towards being the best. Yeah. Um. You know, and th- that that comes in many, many different forms. But for me, it's like, all right, I'm as good as I was. You know, I I'm as good as I am. My, as my last event uh if i if i came fourth all right i'm yeah. you know, I'm, I'm back there so i just constantly keep working towards towards uh doing well at events and that's what keeps me happy and and working towards the events is what keeps me happy but there's definitely days where there's no motivation you know if i if i look back the when the gc compound was going through its you know last couple of years the scene was pretty dead and i would go to the compound and i'll just uh, this this is an indoor skate park in Coomera that was that shut down in 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would go there just by myself and just be like, fire out, like, well, another day here by myself, and I'll just have my session. I'd do all my tricks and then I'd you know I'd wrap it up and I'd go home. And but they're the gnarly days. They are. Like they're the they're, those days are hard, dude, yeah, to, sure. to get through and not to just like pack up early and yeah. just go home. No, exactly. And I think I th- I think as well as you know that there is some quotes that i like to live by and back then it was like you have to put in the work when no one's watching as well mm. um or you know some some quote along those lines but the, the 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 work happens when no one's watching too um and that was yeah that was me rocking up to the compound the gc mm. compound and just riding and putting in the work like not just ro- not just rocking up to the compound just to be there like i was i was there and i was putting in work whether someone was there or not um you know and that would that would happen for a few months and then you know some people would pop up and i would have a few months of riding with people and then the gc compound closed and then the scene died like really died everyone started getting jobs and the the few guys that were committed to riding you know i had i had my mate j-dog he'd he'd worked wednesday to saturday or something so he'd have monday and tuesday off so we'd ride together monday tuesday and then for the rest of the week i'd have to find someone else to go and ride with and we'd i'd just go to a different skate park and you know ride with ride with someone else and that those times were tough as because you know i'm not even riding a proper training facility it's just riding a concrete skate park and trying to do all my gnarly stuff every day is hard at a concrete skate park Mm. um so there's definitely been ups and downs, but there's, I've never lost purpose. I've always, 
woke up and be like all right i'm gonna go ride my bike you know this event's coming up or, or whatever and even like when COVID hit it was like all right i've never lost motivation you know obviously there's a, there's a day or two there where some sometimes yeah. I'm, I'm not motivated but I, I never i never not go if, if i wake up unmotivated i still rock up if i plan to go to the session um but throughout the year and the year and a half off with COVID, it was like i was riding every day learning new tricks and i i just i, w- I was staying ready for whenever the next event happened mm. and that was that was what i was doing i stayed in stayed in the routine and everyone's like, ah, oh, did you lose motivation? Like, nah, because I just wanted to stay ready. I didn't want to slacken off for six months and then have to get ready really quick. Um, I didn't know when the next event was going to be, so I stayed ready. And yeah, I don't know. I just I just find all these, my, my own little purposes as to why I can keep going every day. Um, wh- whether there's motivation or not, I still show up mm. and I still get the job done. If if I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm super sore and I'm tired today and I was planning to ride, I'll go and ride and do all my stuff, do all my tricks Maybe I'll just have a bit of a smaller session, but I'll still and go, still go and put the work in. Yeah. Um, if I plan to go to the gym, you know, at six a.m. and I woke up super tired, I'll, I'll get up and I'll go to the gym. Like I just show up, and once I show up, I, I put the work in. Yeah. I never show up and just you know, mess around. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's 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 sessions you'll rock up and you'll try and try and ride, and it's your body's too tired or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Where you just call it and be like, all right, it's not you know, it's not smart to just keep riding today, um, or you get into a shit mood or whatever, but. I always show up and do my best to put in the work. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, I always just find my own little purposes as to why I can keep going. Man, there's a, a funny thing with motivation. I had, uh, I was sitting at home the other day. I'm pretty sure it was like during the last like little lockdown thing. And uh, I'm like halfway through making a YouTube thumbnail. You're in the YouTube game. I know, how, I know you <laughs> know how go. that goes. And uh, I was making this thumbnail and I'm literally like halfway through like a pretty complicated task, you know, like yeah. I'm cutting out an For outline sure. manually. And then I was like, no motivation. So I went and I checked my iTunes stats and I like refreshed them. And halfway through it, I'm like, what are you trying to find? <laughs> like, what are you looking for here, dude? Yeah. Like, you're going to see it go up by a couple thousand, you know, downloads on your episodes. And, you know, you'll see your monthly go up. But it's like, that isn't real. No. That's like a number that you're looking at. And then in your own mind you have to associate that with motivation so yeah. it's like you don't know what that number is that pops up on the screen no for sure but you're gonna see something and then if it's a lot you're gonna give yourself more motivation yeah. and if it's not a lot then you're probably not gonna get much motivation yeah, exactly. but either way you're the one that decides the value so exactly. it's like i'm like why can't I just like if I'm the one that creates this so-called motivation that I'm seeking why should I let these numbers be the thing that dictates the amount of motivation yeah how about I just get the maximum amount of motivation from me without even looking at these stupid numbers you know and and just just do it whether whether those numbers are high or low just do it because that's what you want to do yeah a hundred percent and it's like but I think the main kicker was like it's me that decides that motivation. Yeah, like that's right. I see the number and then I decide whether that's good enough for me to be motivated. Exactly, or not. Yeah, like it's exactly. it's a fully internal thing. Hundred percent. And after that, man, I was just like, and again, they're like those little insights that you know you get that I think I don't think I can unlearn that now. Yeah. You know, like sure. when I go to look for a little bit of motivation, I don't think I can ever unfeel what I felt in yeah. that moment. Like I felt 
that motivation was completely pointless. Yeah, yeah. And that it was all sure. going to come from me anyway. Yeah. So exactly. I might as well make the motivation regardless of what those yeah, numbers are. Yeah, do, do it regardless because the yeah the motivation does come from within yourself. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a yeah it's a it's a solid little statement. Yeah, but it was just it's weird, you know, that you can kind of look for those kind of things outside yourself when it kind of is just up to you anyway. Yeah, you know, exactly. like yeah, it makes sense that if the numbers are way more, you'd get mo- more motivation. Yeah, but yeah, you're the one that decides. Yeah, yeah, you're the one that decides what what number that is. I think uh, one of the things too that has been kind of cool to watch as well over the last few years is you've obviously figured out something around investing in yourself. Um, obviously, you invest the time into the training and, um, you know, like eating right and all those sorts of things. But to make the kind of skate park that you did in your front yard, I mean, like that's a huge investment there as well so i mean at some point along the line you've really figured out that investing in yourself is a good idea as well yeah for sure and i think i think it just comes down to like yeah being calculated knowing what you need to do to progress Mm. um or knowing what i need to need to do to progress it was either move overseas to where there's bigger and better skate parks because there was you know there was Mm. only concrete skate parks in around me and or build a skate park in my house where i can keep up with like you know my level of writing so it just it just came down to how i can keep bettering myself how i can um keep progressing and at that point you know i was i was you know i was working out i was healthy i was feeling good on my bike i was riding as much as i can and all those things and it was like okay how can i how can i you know get even more advanced and that 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 thing was riding a better skate park every day would help progress me and help progress my riding what was the process then because that was actually one of the things i was going to ask you is like you never moved to america like obviously you traveled over there um but that seems to be the thing that people do in bmx like if you want to do good in bmx freestyle you move to america you move to like north carolina um and you ride those skate parks over there so is that actually like the deciding thing is you're like okay i'm not going to move i'm just going to invest in having like my own facility here yeah, pretty much. I, I never really wanted to move overseas. Like I, I love Australia. I love, you know, where I grew up and then now I'm living on the Gold Coast and I love, love, love the Gold Coast. So it pretty much was that when I was, when the GC compound shut down in 2015, I'm like, all right, I need, you know, I need a resi or I need a, I need a jump. I need a box jump that where I can practice my, my bigger tricks on. And I built a, like a res, a resi ramp where I could just go and do all my bigger tricks. And that was that was just a small investment but it helped me for those next few years yeah. where i could you know do some bigger tricks but it was just one jump it wasn't a full skate park it was just one jump maybe cost around five grand to build or something like that um and then it just got to the point you know 2018 i was starting to f- like be like oh, i need, really need a skate park like i can't just keep riding these concrete skate parks and you know my my level of riding just sort of plateaued it just stayed stayed the same and never really increased over those years i was just being consistent with riding every day and i was making my tricks like flawless in a sense and i could go go to contests and do do those tricks but i wasn't doing the biggest biggest gnarliest tricks like some of the other guys where i was just more consistent than them and then it got to the point where you know the other guys are doing bigger tricks and starting to do it consistently and it's like all right i really need to start doing a lot of my bigger tricks or start learning bigger tricks and that that was just like well i you know i need to build a skate park um i was 
I, I, I was looking for a property with enough with enough space or where you know where I could do it. I didn't want to sort of go out like Jim Boomba was out, you know, yeah. out, you know, out west. I didn't really want to go away from the Gold Coast. And I end up finding finding a property with just over an acre. And then I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm going to do that. I'm going to going to buy a property with with enough space, and I'm going to build a skate park. And I, I did that. I built. I bought bought the house in December of 2018, and then May in 2019 we um we we built the skate park. And what was the result of that? Like, it, did you get out of that what you hoped you would? Hundred percent. Really? It was like, so it's sick. yeah. It, I mean, I I built it the way I wanted wanted it. I, I I built the things that would help progress. Yeah. Um, my my own riding and sort of replicate what is overseas and at what's at the events. And I built it in May. In 2018, I I uh, won my first X Games gold medal. In May 2019, I built the skate park, and then in July, X Games came around again, and then I won two gold medals. And I don't think if it, if it wasn't for the skate park, I you know I probably wouldn't have won those two gold medals. I, I had learnt tricks. I had been doing my bigger tricks every day at at my house, and that helped me win win the two gold medals. I believed, and you know that that contest there just paid for the skate park yeah uh, you right. know it, it paid, paid it back and the, the the biggest goal was like all right i'm going to build this skate park to help me get to the olympics so it's going to help me do good at each qualifying event to get to the olympics and you know once i had won the two x games golds, it's like all right well now i don't need to worry about the skate park anymore that that just got paid off from x games and now i can just keep riding the riding the skate park and working towards the olympics and um you know, the, the biggest goal was to help me get to the Olympics and then it, you know, it helped me win the gold medal 100%. So how do you go at your level? Like, how do you go about learning new tricks? So these days it's just about combining new tricks. Um, yeah. You know, every trick's sort of already done, you know, to, to, to a point. You have, you know, R. Willie doing a lot of big gnarly new tricks new spins and things like that but it's just combining tricks together mm. um you know he has a massive massive jump and he's yeah he's is like a different like he's just in the air for a long yeah, time exactly yeah exactly right so it's pretty much now like you're just combining new tricks or you, you're adding an extra spin or, or or an extra whip in the in the flip or something like that and it's just combining them and seeing how many tricks you can get how many combos you can do in, in one air i guess now um you know five or five or six combos in in one jump and then it's going to start to be like, you know, doing five, five or six combinations back to back. Mm. And then it's just going to progress where, you know, in one 60 second runs, you run, you're doing, you know, minimum five combos every, every trick or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just progressing through in that sense, through, through bigger combinations. Yeah. Yeah. And like in your head, how do you stay on top of that? Like, is that, and I guess, is that what you're thinking of? Like when you're going to, you know the front yard every day to put in that work i mean i i understand my own ability and over time if you are consistent and you know every day every day i'm riding and you know if if i ride every day and i do you know i learn a new trick and i do that trick every day for the next year imagine how much easier it's going to be next year mm. um, and then next year comes around and then you're like all oh, right now i can do this trick easy i'm going to add something to it add a bar spin or add an extra spin to it um but it's not just learning a trick and leaving it for the next, like not doing it for a year and mm. coming back to it and expecting it to be easier. It's doing it every day, working at, you know, every little movement that's involved in the trick. And then over time, it becomes easier and easier. Um, you know, for instance, I learned like opposite triple tail whips. Yeah. 
uh, about a year ago. And I was doing, and when I first doing, when I was first doing them, it was, you know, it was quite hard. I was really concentrated on doing it. And it was like, it was, it was every session. It was like, oh, you know, oh, I've got to do the switch trip whip today. Like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I have to have to amp myself up for yeah. it or whatever. And then now it's like, you know, second nature to me. I can, I can do it pretty much, you know, any, any time. And that was just because I was doing them every day. I was scaring myself enough every day and doing it every day mm. where over time it just became natural and, and easier yeah how do you deal with the scaring yourself thing because that is tough to go and face like for, sure. for, for me like there's times where especially when i'm not doing jujitsu a lot where like every class like expect like every monday morning class is just heavy like there's just dudes that are so much better than me yeah. there and they're just gonna beat the shit out of you and it like there is a even though I know I'm like not really going to get injured and I'm not going to get like hurt yeah. badly, but it's like, it's still scary. Like you, there's sure. still a element of like facing that fear every day, but on your, like with what you're doing, I mean, not comparing the two, like what you're doing, there's just like crazy risk that's involved every day and you've got to show up and figure out a way to overcome that. Like yeah. what is your process there? I think, I, th I think I overcome the fear by just not thinking about what could go wrong mm. it's always like what could go right i, I guess in a, in a sense it's like all right i know how to do it let's you know i'm I'm ready i'm warmed up i can go and do you know every, every session i do all my bigger tricks all my big tricks all the tricks that yeah scare that's the me. gnarly yeah. thing with you you do it, everything yeah every exactly day. and i think as as time goes on and i'm like i've been doing stuff every day doing, doing all my bigger tricks every day it's like now it's just normal for me to to go and do all my bigger tricks once i'm warmed up all right now i do this trick and now i do that trick and i think it was, it was just you know you, you get scared from not wanting to get injured yeah but i wanted to be good at riding a bike more than i cared about being injured yeah i, I think if, yeah. if that sort of makes sense i, yeah, I never really i never really does. concentrated on on the injuries i knew injuries are a part of it as time goes on it's like injuries are a big part of this sport but how bad do you how bad do you want to want to succeed um and you know for me personally i i know contest riding is about consistency um so that comes with doing my big stuff every day so when it comes time for the event it's not like oh you yeah, know it's, it's, today, it's today yeah. it's today the day, the day that i can land these bigger tricks i know it is because i've been doing it every other day um and yeah i think i think i just wanted wanted to be successful on a bike more than i cared about injuries yeah and i guess that's the uh that's the equation that, yeah. <laughs> that kind of works so yeah. what what are like what would you say your strengths are as a uh i guess as opposed to the people that you're beating in these competitions i mean one thing that i like when i watch your runs at, like at well the olympics for instance like and when you ride at home uh there was a cool video me and sammy watched the other night of you kyle and tui playing a game of bike yeah and it's like you can just see the force that you generate on the up ramp like there's just a different it's like you're hitting and carving especially for like the spin and flip tricks like there's a there's a force that you're carving into the ramp that to me looks different um to other people yeah sure but what is it that you see in your riding against the people that you are beating consistently in these competitions you know i think i think it just comes down to consistency um i I like like I like to live by stay, staying dedicated, and that comes with being consistent. Um, 
staying staying dedicated every single day to to bettering myself or or feeling good on my bike and that you know that that's what it's about consistency in my life consistency on my bike consistency in my runs it's it's all about consistency consistency mm. overall at every event um you know i like to just be consistent in in every aspect of my life and i you know it's it's yeah it's it's hard to say but like it it, it is just that it's just I, I put so much time into it. I put so much time into just being the best I can be mm. without slacking off. You know, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky one, I, but it's just, it's just that. Like I just, I just do my best to stay consistent and um, be, be the best version of myself. I, I don't like to slacken off. I always like to work hard. So from my perspective, like outside looking in, that is, seems like the move and it's obviously proven you've won your olympic gold medal (laughs) but for somebody that is like essentially obsessed with consistency and obsessed with their processes is there like a level of anxiety that you've had to overcome around like being in control of all those factors because that's the downside right so the i know that i feel most anxious or most stressed when i don't feel control of my schedule like i really have grown to appreciate routine and i know like i know that i know bad weeks like i have metrics in my life like if i don't meditate every day or if i start slipping on the meditation if i don't get to read in the mornings if even as simple as like if i'm not making my coffee at my house in the morning like there's the i know the structure that works my life but then it's like how do you balance not getting completely railroaded when like you lose control of those things you know yeah i mean it's hard like i mean obviously i've do you face that as well yeah for sure 100 percent, i do and like it you know I, i could be doing the same thing every day leading up to an event i'll go and win the event and I'll go home, I'll do the same thing leading up to the next event and then I'll lose the event lose the event, or I'll mess up or whatever. And it's, you know, it's like those things just happen. And I think over time, you know, it's, it's hard when you, when you don't do well in an event when, when, you, when you want to do, when, when you want to do well. Yeah. Um, I think these days I'm, I'm content with everything I've done so I don't put expectations on myself to go and, you know, go and win an event just because I've done the work. I think I just go to an event knowing that i've done the work so i'm gonna do my best yeah so i i, I and try then there's and, like an acceptance of whatever comes of yeah it. exactly and i you know it's it's hard it's hard in a sense still because um you know i, I still want to be winning but i'm content with everything like even like for instance if i went to, went into the olympics like man i'm so content with everything i've done now you know i just just won the world championships whatever happens happens at the olympics i've done the work i can't control how yeah. it, how it's going to play out i can just i can the only thing i control is control is the work i put in and you know how how i can you know do, do my best and i was just i was even throughout the week i'm like you know what what's going to be will be just try and stay calm just do what you do and just just let it be just just let it be and i think you know i, I don't know how it would if, if it went if it went the wrong way i don't know how i would be but that's yeah, you know true. that's that's just the way i was thinking leading into it i was, I was content with all that but I think the biggest thing is try not to put expectation on yourself. Yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to live my life expectation free. Just, just do my best. That's it. And it's, you know, that's work, working hard and, and really going after what you want without limiting yourself. Have you, are you a big reader? 
No, I don't. I don't read. I'm so slow at reading. Audio books, anything? <laughs> uh, on the odd occasion. There's a there's a cool one uh, that I read recently. Uh, it's called The Four Agreements, and uh, it's like be impeccable with your word, don't take it personally, uh, do your best. Um, fuck, you always forget one. <laughs> but anyway, do your best is uh, is obviously like one yeah. of the kind of main chapters of the book, and um, and I think it's just so such like a great advice for anyone to do like for sure and that's sort of been one of the things that like when people say like oh how you how you been what are you doing i'm like yeah just doing my best yeah like yeah. i feel like it's such a great way to live your life and yeah, again I it's agree. like when there's no you don't have to have expectations of an outcome or be yeah. attached to an outcome um when you do your best like yeah, and, exactly. and it's like your best is good enough uh in the sense that it's kind of all that you can do yeah exactly. but your best might not be good enough to get the result, the result or to win the event yeah. or whatever but yeah. there is some solace that you can take in like if you genuinely know that you have done your best yeah exactly right and if you if you you know if you've worked hard to go to an event and you don't do well there like it's you, you've got to reflect back on like, okay, what could I have done differently mm. or what could I have done that would have benefited me more to, to get a better outcome? Um, and over time, if you just stay stay committed to bettering yourself each time or just reflecting back on where you can better each day or each hour, then you know eventually it's going to work out. It's just, once again, about staying consistent to mm. that process and how detailed are you in this like is this like top down in your life are you looking at every angle from sleep to physical training to like have you got a daily routine like everything explain the level that this reaches into your life even just recently like leading into the world championships i was you know my my i have so i have a bad back right bad bad lower back and it's been pretty good the past year. It played up in October, but since then it's it's been pretty What's good. What's from? Uh, just from working out and riding a lot and crashes. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So October sort of started playing up, and after it sort of got better from there, I you know I changed up a few things in my routine, and for the next till till June, um, so next eight months or so, it was it was good. And then closing into the World Championships, my back started getting sore again. I'm like. Like what? Like why is my back getting sore now? I haven't changed anything in the last eight months. I've done everything mm. the same the same thing. I ice my back every single night, uh, every night that I ride and work out. And like why is it getting sore now? So I, you know, I just googled something real quick and like, can you can you get lower back pain from stress? And I'm like, maybe I'm getting stressed out because there's an event coming up. And that was a big that was a big factor. And I'm like, fuck, maybe maybe I need to start meditating. And I I started meditating leading into the World Championships just so I could, you know, relieve some stress and things like that. And that was just that was just me reflecting back on where I can better myself, where I can, mm. you know, do even more than what I'm doing. And that was just, all right, I'm, I'll do some meditation. I'll try and relieve some stress from my body. And, and then my back started feeling good. And, you know, I, know, I don't know if it came down to that, but I was definitely feeling better leading into worlds, doing some meditation. And, um, you know, I'll eat the same breakfast every morning. I'll pretty much go and ride the same time every day. And, you know just down to the small smallest things if if i yeah as i said before if i ride and work out at night time i'll ice my back with without without question um it yeah literally i just i i i'm very routine as well mm. with without having a written down schedule i i'm very very routine and um yeah and i just i just stick to that and 
you know, I, yeah, I just try and, all right, yeah, if, how can I, how can I better this part of my life? All right, I need to do mm. this. Even, even in, in my relationship, like if, if there's an issue, we, we address the issue, me and my wife, and, you know, I'll try and see it from both point, both sides, you know, both points of view. And if I'm in the wrong, I'll, I'll do my best to fix that and, and not make that happen again. And just, I just, I just think about things and I, I think how I can mm. better that situation or better that, you know, make a solution out, out of that. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I just think about things and I try and fix them. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so with the meditation stuff, so what, what does that look like for you? How did you get into that? What's the stuff that you follow? Like, uh, how do you do it? Yeah, so I, I just downloaded, downloaded an app on my phone and then I would, you know, I would what get, app do you use? Uh, Headspace. Yeah. So I don't, like I, I, when I Googled that, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll check out some meditation apps and I would just, you know, chuck the spa on. I'd, I'd go and go in the spa and I'd just listen to some meditation and, and, um, it was it was yeah stress like like relieving stress or getting ready for a competition and i would just li- listen to that you know maybe i was doing that about four times a week maybe yeah. where i'd sit in the spa for you know an hour i'll do you know chuck chuck on a 20 minute 20 minute um meditation and i'll just do that and i'll just feel relieved and i'll just hang out in the spa a little bit while you know while, keep my, while my wife's at work and um just hang out by myself my son's sleeping it's just some time to myself to relax and that was yeah that was helping me just you know stay stay stress as stress free as possible leading, leading into the world championships which was you know the last qualifying event for the olympics and then i didn't i didn't change anything from from the world championship prep mm. to the to the olympic prep so what was the experience of meditating like for you when you first started and like would you say you got like better at it or did it evolve did you learn to like it more? yeah for sure so it, like the first the first session or two I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know how I feel about this. I was definitely like zoned into meditation and I was, you know, by the end of it, I was almost asleep and I I could really just not think about anything except the meditation while I was doing it. Yeah. Okay. And, and was that easy for you to do? That was pretty easy for me to do. Yeah. Um, do you associate that to writing at all? You know what? I think, I think I've always just had that in me. Like even mm. if I'm, if I'm at a contest and I'm, I'm trying. I'm going over my run in my in my head. I can stay focused and concentrate on my run, mm. and and nothing else. You know, you know, nothing else comes into my mind. And you know, that's a that's a fucking beautiful skill. Yeah, for for sure. And I, you know, one of my mates, Dale O'Brien, told me I was telling him that I could do that in like maybe 2014 when I was at an event. He's like, like fuck, that's like that's good. And then <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, that's just like that's just natural. Like nothing else enters my mind when I'm focused on that one thing. And when I was meditating, that was the same thing. I was focused on the meditation. Like obviously you have thoughts come and come and go for sure, but I was still in the meditation zone. Um, and yeah, like as, as the sessions went on and I was doing more and more, I was like, okay, I can definitely see like benefits here and I, I feel relaxed after it and I feel good. Um, but yeah, like as, as they, as they went on, I, I started to enjoy it more and more for sure. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It That's, that's crazy uh, to hear you say that. Like I, I think I put like, I got like an hour meter for my meditations. Yeah, I think I did like 70 hours of it last oh, year shit. or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I put like quite a big effort yeah. into it. Um, and now like I really associate writing with it. And I think that I enjoy my writing more than ever now because of just that zone that you can get in with, sure. where thoughts kind of come. But uh, there's, a, there's actually like a Buddhist uh, saying where it's like thoughts enter like thieves 
in an empty house. Yeah, okay. So it's like you've got these thoughts that are coming in and they're these thieves that are trying to steal your attention, but there's no attention to, to be yeah. stolen, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, I, and I kind of can relate that now to writing. Yeah. And like the other day, I talked about it on the, the, another podcast, but I did my first ever 30-minute moto. And uh, that whole time, I just had that vibe in my head of like, just thoughts are entering like mm. thieves in an empty house yeah it's yeah. like let it come and let it go just like be in the riding like yeah, this is exactly what you're right. doing you yeah. know um that, and that's that's like that's what i've got when i'm it's a similar thing like when i'm actually riding not much else you know nothing really comes into my mind it's just like focusing on what i'm doing next the next trick or, or you know whatever it's i'm focused on riding and then when i'm off my bike and i'm hanging out with my family i'm focused on my family and just things like that and then yeah if i'm exactly right if i'm going over my run when i'm at a contest nothing else enters my mind it's purely just focused on that so is that a technique that you do because we had sam hill on the podcast one of the greatest australian two-wheel athletes of all time and he is saying that since he was a kid he would go to his hotel room at a race and he would start his race run at the top of the hill with his eyes closed and he would watch a goggle view of his race run yeah and he could just do it and he's timed it to where he's within a second yeah, exactly. like in his brain he's within a second of his actual yeah. race run and he said that there's like this insane focus that he developed over years of doing that and it blew my mind yeah, listening honest, to him honestly, i was just like crazy. bro you are a freak and yeah. and he would say like yeah i thought it'd come and then i just start again yeah and he got it to that close man it's like a second of your race it's run. crazy and I, are you doing that I, same thing 100 percent. and i i respect i respect that because you know even down to the littlest um you know littlest detail when i'm going when i'm you know concentrated on my run or you know a few people are just before me and they're doing their runs i'm focused they say i'm zoned into all right this is what i'm doing i'll go over over every little detail like if i if i drop in and do a you know seven bar on the spine uh, and you know I, I land a little bit flat in my mind it's like okay i've got to do this little crank if, if i land like that little crank and i can hit this next jump and down to the littlest things it's like all right i'll, I'll land good there that's right i need to pump pump the next quarter this much like li- literally down to the little, littlest detail everything everything in my mind is so clear and i think i've always just had that um and i i do do that and i i've always done that and now mo- now you see it more and more other people doing it and i think i might have Oh, you know, I'm not going to say I was the first one, but I was I was one of the first to make it known that that's what I was doing. I guess yeah, um, you know, I could right. you, I, I was so zoned in that you'd see me, you know, my head, my little head movements, and I was concentrated on which trick I was doing, and that was just because I was in my own mind, concentrating on every little detail what, that was happening. But now you're watching an event, a finals, and you know, most people are doing it. So um, you're doing that before your run, like I, literally I, I right before. I do it when I wake up and then, you know, I'll leave it a couple hours and I'll zone back into it. All right, this is what I'm doing. And then as the contest closes in, um, while the contest is happening and other people are doing their runs, I'm, I'm in my own head concentrating on what I'm doing. Um, you know, I can't really tell you what other people do at an event. If, if the event finishes, I couldn't really, I couldn't really tell you, oh, he did this. That was sick. Yeah. Um, or, or I couldn't think of, you know, I couldn't go back and tell you what that person did like in their in their run because i'm so focused on my run i couldn't i don't really watch the event i'm you know i'm watching but i'm not zoned in yeah i'm so zoned into myself and um yeah i think i, I yeah i'm so focused on what i need to do that 
everything around me doesn't matter the outside noise the crowd and stuff doesn't matter I'm so just focused on doing the run that I had planned and that, and that's that you know nowadays I'm rocking up to an event like all right I'm going to do this this run it's like don't worry about anything else just focus on this run and that's yeah down to the littlest detail I'm going over that in my mind dude that's such like a beautiful skill to have like that's a there's a there's a quote from marcus aurelius uh he wrote a book called meditations and um and i can't remember the exact quote i almost want to get it fucking tattooed just so i can always remember because it it really changed my life um in a sense and it was something that um made the meditation stuff really make sense to me and the quote is um basically like inside every man's mind should be a sanctuary similar to a boat pulling into a harbor and it's like you've got these waves of the outside world and they're just like no matter how tumultuous the outside world is it is it at the time you can pull into this harbor in terms of like just close your eyes sit by yourself to just be like you said in your own mind like yeah. you're at a contest and there's it's the fucking olympics yeah. like there's no more bigger pressure than you can get like i don't know how many do you know how many people watch the bmx finals like not sure of the number yet can you was, can was, you google that rones like how many people watch bmx at the olympics like that it would be staggering yeah it'd be you know crazy so to think about you know in terms of the waves hitting the the wall of the harbor like yeah. it can't get more intense than that environment yeah and here you are able to have this sanctuary sure. within your own mind like yeah. it's a special ability man yeah and i and i think that that's like what's helped me is i've just i've had those i guess i guess i guess that's natural right like that's just that's just me and that's just what i do it's not it's not something i you know i guess i've learned along the way but i've just learned naturally i haven't i haven't really put in the time to be like oh i need to I need to try and stay focused on this one one minute yeah. run in my own mind. It's just yeah. that just came naturally, um, and yeah, I've always just been able to do that. If I've if I need to focus on something, I can stay focused on that on that one thing. Um, and I think overall, I wanted to be successful in, in in BMX, and I stayed focused on that path. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, I could stay focused in the in the in the minor details that that needed to come with it. Man, yeah, it's, that's so impressive. Yeah. Like, to, and to me, like that's a something that i've i work hard on you know like I, sure. I i still have to work super hard on it. and i know i've also noticed too i was only thinking about this just the other day about with the meditation side of things like i've got the monthly tracker on my phone i'm an i'm a nerd when it comes to like statistics yeah not very good at math but i love looking at graphs yeah like show me a graph <laughs> of like either progression or regression and like i can fucking get down with it yeah, you know yeah. like so i try and put everything in my life on these graphs and i think that's why like the itunes stats go good and the youtube yeah, yeah. and the, like any any statistic in my life i really care about my shit does better yeah and uh and that meditation thing is one of those verticals in my life where i've got it on my health app and i can see like i average 15 minutes a day yeah. for this month and then next month it was 12 minutes a day and next you know then you go 10 minutes a day then it shoots up to 18 but man like last month i know like the i haven't looked at the graph but it would be lower than, like significantly lower than normal like yeah. i was slacking big time for whatever reason and that that feeling of having that sanctuary like it just wasn't as available to for me sure. because i just hadn't been putting in the work in yeah. that particular area um of my life so i think that 
it's a super important skill to have like whether it's for your bmx or whatever it's for yeah like it's definitely something i think worth staying committed to because there is like there is a benefit to having that place that you yeah, can go 100 and even like when 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 it comes back to routines and stuff like that like i've been out of a routine for the last three weeks after, after yeah. the Olympics now and you know now i'm starting to get back into it i'm trying to like i'm i'm right i started i've i wrote on sunday um today's what wednesday thursday Thursday. and yeah. um you know i, I rode sunday and I, that was after having three weeks off i hadn't ridden for three weeks and then after that session i went out got drunk for the first time in two years <laughs> you know i had, had a couple of days rest i rode yesterday horrible like yeah. just the, the, the littlest little things where i'm like what the, what the hell did that happen like yeah. just on my bike and it was uh, it comes down to just being out of a routine obviously i had done something different i, I went went out and drunk and celebrated with my friends but it's because i haven't been in a routine i feel horrible and then today i rode and i felt a little bit better than i did yesterday but it takes time to get back into it and it now does, now, eh? now i'm like well i need to get back into the routine yeah. for me to start feeling good um and you know it, it, it's yeah it, like i was i was completely out of routine i was you know not eating healthy like hotel I just, quarantine hotel quarantine yeah exactly two, two weeks hotel quarantine i was like i went into hotel quarantine like ah, oh, i can just relax a little bit i don't have to work out every day like i was couple months ago when i got back from the world and um just little things like that i, I end up working out i think every second day just because it, it would kill some time and I would, I would eat the desserts in in um in hotel quarantine every day and just sort of letting loose not putting pressure on myself like if i wanted to do something i'll do it um but that's not my routine yeah so it's it, it was it's fully out of whack at the moment and uh, now i'm starting to get back into it and i'm like man i that's why i love routine because it just makes you feel better overall yeah yeah no so, i totally get it. and it's so hard to get back into it man it like is, I, we did is. when me and sammy went to wa and we did manji bro it was like um over a month yeah it took me to get back i mean i got hurt a little bit like i had a crash so like my shoulders were real sore i yeah. couldn't really train properly and that i uh, yeah just it there were some factors outside of my control where yeah. i couldn't fully get it back but it's just like now i'm to the point where like i almost freaking nickname was gypsy like because i traveled my whole yeah, 20s yeah. you know and now i'm just like i don't want to leave man yeah, like i can't yeah. leave it derails the program exactly right and that, that's the hard thing about me being such a routine guy is like when i'm traveling and because i do travel back and forth you know obviously po before COVID times but i was traveling quite a bit and it does wreck your routine for sure you go you go overseas you know ready and then you come back and you haven't worked out for a week and a half or so and you're like well you deal with jet lag yeah and jet lag and all that stuff and it just messes up the routine but i've been out of a routine for like three weeks now and it's like man i hate being out of a routine and now it's time to get back into it oh yeah dude i totally get it um did you find any yeah oh it's, i mean it's just it's in the millions though you know like yeah. it's just literally I, I think the bmx racing had like 100 million views in rio or something, something like that so we're, we're still waiting for the numbers to see what ours was but um mean yeah millions and millions of viewers what what's it been like coming back uh is there a noticeable difference in how it feels to be logan martin after winning a gold medal like what does winning a gold medal for australia do when you come back to australia um i mean it, it is you know it's it's it is crazy you know a lot lot more people know know my name and uh you know people know who i am in bmx but you know if i'm just going to the shop or whatever it's not 
usually common that someone yeah, someone yeah, will bump yeah. into me unless they're a BMX rider or scooter rider or something like that. They'll they'll know me, but and then they probably feel like a homie, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then now it's like just the ra- like a, like random people will know who I am, and you know, and if if we go back, if we go to like. Daniel Durs, the guy that came second, he's massive in his country now. And I saw yeah. like a, an interview this morning saying he had to hire a bodyguard while he's in his country because he's gone like he's gone he's getting swamped like a megastar in his country now. And you know, it's it's obviously not to that extent here. We have a lot more um, you know gold medalists and things in Australia, but a lot more people know know my name now, which is crazy. And it's you know, it's cool. It's cool when they say, "Oh, we watched we watched you on the Olympics. Like, oh, it was amazing." And it's like, like that's you know, that's awesome to hear. And it's it blows my mind because uh, you know i'm just a kid on a bike and i just ride a bike it's you know it's, it's crazy honestly it's crazy it's cool yeah and i mean i know from knowing you that there's there's a certain like there's a there's an athlete that can kind of like buy into the success and buy into their own name and buy into the the hype uh and i just i know you're not that kind of guy but it's undeniable the like effect that it has on like your brand as such for sure so it must be weird as a guy that is kind of super humble and down to earth in the way that you are to then receive all of that extra attention but i i do think you're in a pretty cool position now where you can use that platform to you know do big things for you know yourself your family for yeah. the sport for the next generation as well yeah no exactly right and i think now that you know i've been pumped all over the news and things like that that in australia and i i do look at it like man this is big and i can start to set up my future even more now you know i've i've done pretty well in my career right now I'm, I'm doing my best to set up my future i don't know what's to come after bmx it's not a long-lived sport but this will help that mm. that next step for sure um you know there's heaps of heaps of schools that want me to go there there's heaps of heaps of requests coming in tv shows and all that stuff and it's like i'll do my best to take every opportunity to get my name even more out there and um yeah it's it's it is crazy but i i am i am going to use this time to to yeah do my best to set up my future as well and um and take yeah take take every opportunity that comes from this from this win yeah because i mean there's a there is like we said sort of earlier you know like there's the sport in general at play um and do you think now that this you winning the gold medal uh is something that you think like australian cycling will get more behind like do you think that they're like in your opinion as like a figurehead in the sport like what do you think can happen now as a result of this gold medal like do you see more infrastructure do you see more skate parks being open because i mean i know you probably don't personally want to give yourself that credit or or kind of like say you're responsible for this happening or whatever but i mean it's undeniable like there are there is things that will happen as as a result of an australian winning the first ever gold medal in bmx freestyle yeah and it, it is crazy to see the amount of support we've had like leading into the olympics they they built us a replica skate park mm. you know a replica of tokyo the tokyo course just so we could ride it for four weeks and you know that was a few hundred grand dollar few hundred grand investment and i think if you if you look at how much money they invested just to get the outcome and then and now the outcome happened they, they wanted them they wanted a medal we got the gold medal yeah now i think it's you know we're going to get so much more support they they're already planning for new skate parks and to hold events here in, on the gold coast and um 
you know, especially leading into the 32 Olympics for, for Brisbane, where yeah, we're, right. we're setting up like a, an action sports hub because that's the one thing that's missing f- for the 32 Olympics is, is an action sports hub for skateboarding yeah. and BMX. And so we're, we're working on that. That's the, that's the bigger plan. And, you know, the the replica course that they built us in to- uh, in, in, in Carrara, that's going to stay and then we're going to we're going to extend from that and we we had like an indoor skate park we just took that down which is going to go over move over to carrara so we'll have an indoor and an outdoor park there and um yeah we, we honestly there, there's already things in the works which is which is crazy um and i yeah i can only see it just getting more and more backing which is you know crazy it's just yeah as, as i said they, they they the amount of money they put into it before it just to get the like one outcome that they wanted um was crazy and they got the outcome and now it's only going to, you know, increase that. Yeah, man. And I mean, just think about the opportunity that can create for kids. Because, I mean, like you didn't come from a lot, man. You yeah, know, like exactly. you're a kid that, you know, humble beginnings. Like, because you're from Logan. Yeah. Here, like, yeah. you know, that's a part of, you know, Southeast Queensland where like people literally joke about Logan. Yeah, you know, exactly. and it's like you're a kid that with two wheels and two pedals and some handlebars, you know, made it from a place to the top of the world stage and like man there's that's like a you've kind of presented young kids with like a legitimate option to become an olympian and to you know like you said you wanted to make something of of your life like you've kind of laid out this roadmap for more people to do it for sure and i you know everyone's now like everyone in the media and stuff oh logan from logan you know i grew up in logan city and that gives everyone that lives in logan city all the kids and stuff that are in logan city that that gives them the hope that oh maybe mm. i can be, become something and you know it's true i was just a, you know i was just a little kid just just with with a with a passion and i truly went after what i wanted um so it, it yeah I, i'm stoked that it can you know give hope to kids that you know think oh you know i, I grow i'm growing up here i you know i can't do anything I, i've got to go do what you know not go, go do a normal job or follow the path of what's happening in the area but you, you you truly can just make whatever you want with your own life um just with, with the right decisions yeah man no i think it's so true and and did you feel that stigma growing up in logan i i knew there was a lot of like obviously i knew how logan city was um you know it wasn't wasn't the nicest place I knew I don't even know how to put it. There, there was there, there was a lot of there was a lot of chance for me to go the wrong path. Yeah. Um. But when like when I look back at it, I just I just wanted something so bad. I never never let that hold me back. Yeah. I think it's 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 hard. It's I'm struggling to find the words for it. But um, like I yeah, I never let the area I grew up in affect where I wanted to go in the end. Yeah. Um. You know, I once I made enough money, I, I moved out of Logan City because I didn't want to be in the area anymore. So I moved down to the Gold Coast because I, I like it. I liked it more, and um, that was that was just yeah, that was just sort of what I did. I didn't let where I lived affect how my life was going to go. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's um, you know where you live has any effect on on where you truly can end up in life. But do you think that like that seems rare for some of the people that you did grow up with though right like it seems like more people kind of go the other way that come sure. from those kind of areas yeah exactly and i don't, I don't know what it, what it what it is i think like it's just it just come from within myself mm. that i didn't want to be just an average guy i just didn't, didn't want to just 
oh, well, I'll stop riding now. I'll go get a normal job. I just, I took a, I took a chance, right? I, I, I gave myself a year after high school, like, all right, I'm going to do my best to just work hard every day at riding my bike and I'll, you know, see where I can go. And I progressed in that year and then I started traveling and, and I made it work. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't want to be that normal guy. I didn't want to go and work a normal job and things yeah. like that. I don't know. And and it's funny, like, I kind of can relate to that in a sense. Like, I guess I didn't do the athletic thing. But yeah, I just always felt like I didn't want to be like that either. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, like, if you do sure. want to. But I mean, for me, and the, the funny thing is, is like, doesn't come out of ego either like it's not like there's a thing where you think that like i know you don't think you're better than anybody else but there is just for some people i don't know there is like this drive to just not be normal yeah exactly and that that, that's right it doesn't come from a place of like oh i'm better than you because i'm you know i'm living my life and doing what i want to do it's it's purely just i just wanted something else Mm. I, i don't you know i even to this day you know gold medals and, and whatever riding riding my bike professionally and i don't think i'm better than anyone i just you know i just continue living my life and treat people with the same respect that they treat me and um just continue on with my life and that's just purely what it is i just wanted something wanted something more i didn't i didn't want to just be the normal nine to five guy or just go get a normal job and i gave i gave myself a chance and i gave myself you know every opportunity to to make that happen the i think you said something cool before where you said you gave yourself a year i think that with the young people that i've been around and when i was younger um the thing was like like i got into university i just didn't go i just yeah. didn't show i was like i just don't know that i can do that yeah. um and i just i don't know like i had it in my head i was like it'll always be there like yeah. there's no i i guess i just never personally felt the pressure from my parents like my parents wanted me to go to university and my parents wanted me then if i wasn't going to go to university to get a trade yeah but it's like i always felt i always didn't feel the pressure from other people and i just was like comfortable to do what i wanted to do but i also just kind of knew exactly what you said it's like what's a year what's a year of just for me it was buying a camera and driving around australia in a van trying to film as many good dudes ride as i could yeah and it's like to me it made sense in my head that one year or two years or three years it wasn't gonna fuck my life no exactly and i think that there's a lot of kids out there that maybe feel some kind of crazy pressure from like their parents or society and it's like the message isn't drop out of school and and you know go fuck around do whatever you want like you're obviously really grinding and really dedicated to what you were doing but it's like i actually think you can take more risks than what people actually think they can yeah 100 percent. and yeah that's right i gave, gave myself a year after high school so i finished year 12 and i'm you know my parents wanted me to get a job or whatever there was there was the pressure there but i didn't you know there wasn't crazy pressure there they you know they obviously understood that i wanted to ride my bike as well and you know i gave myself a year right i'm going to work every day at seeing where i can take this and probably later later on in that year my dad got me a job just through through one of his mates and at, at a cabinet making place and it was sort of like, you know, I went there for the first day and I was sweeping, sweeping the floors and then I would, they'd get me doing something small, like a small little job and then I'd finish the job and, and I'd jump back on the broom, you know, around a dude that's making a mess on a bandsaw. And I'm like, man, this just, this ain't for me. Yeah. Like I went, I went, literally went to lunch on the first day and didn't come back. 
and I'm, I went to the skate park in the afternoon. I'm like, no, it's keep grinding away down at the skate park. And uh, yeah, I just, I just saw a bigger picture for myself. I didn't want to be the dude working, working. And um, you know, that, that, that doesn't come down to my work ethic. I have an amazing work ethic on my bike, but I just knew there was something bigger, bigger for me that I could work towards. Um, and yeah, I gave myself that year, started to see things, you know, progressing and, and, and got to the point where I knew I could start to travel and start to, you know, do, do pretty well for myself and, uh, picked up some sponsors then. And then obviously things started, um, you know, rolling, rolling forward from there. But yeah, that, that year that I gave myself, um, was, was massive. I think, you know, if I had to just got out of school and gone, gone to get a trade, I would have had, you know, four years doing a trade where I wasn't putting much time into my bike and then, you know, yeah. things could have been, would have been different, but, uh, I just gave myself that time and then it just all, pro- all progressed from there. And that'd be different that, you know, that'll be different for everyone for sure. Someone might need four years of their time, but yeah, you know, might give up after two and then go and do a normal job. But if they stuck it out for another two years, that you know, might, they might've been able to follow the, you know, chase their dreams. And it's, it's different for everyone, but that was, that was what, you know, what I did. I got, had a job for half a day and then I went to the skate park. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another cool book, uh, called the war of art. It's like a pretty small, easy read. And if you wanted to read a book, so like the meditation thing, like it, you're like, oh, I didn't really know, know about it at the start. You're saying you're a slow reader. Just give it like apply your same work ethic to reading some books yeah. and it'll be just as easy for you okay. but there's a really cool one called the war of art by stephen pressfield and he's a great author have you ever seen the movie legend of bag of ants no uh, it's like a golf movie with will smith and, okay. and matt Damon. it's pretty cool um but he wrote that book he wrote gates of fire which is like a big epic greek war like basically the uh that was the basis for the movie 300 yeah but anyway so he wrote this book called the war of art and it was uh, about overcoming resistance so like the self-doubt the lack of motivation all of these kind of things that would kind of stop you from like hold you back exactly yeah, yeah. stop you from getting a little yeah. gold medal yeah and this book talks about that and one of the things that really resonated with me when i read this book was uh the advice of just be a professional yeah and i think that everyone can be a professional without being paid like a professional or without the sponsors or without the contract or without the guarantees that a professional has yeah and so his argument that he made in this book was he just acted like a professional writer and i did the same thing with this podcast like i had my visa shit go down in america i got essentially kicked out and I just came back to Australia with like nothing, no money, no idea. I had a couple cameras, enough to do the podcast. And I was like, I'm just going to do the podcast. Yeah. And I just was a professional at it from day one. And people, that's one of the big questions that I get asked by people is, uh, how long did it take you to go full time in the podcast? And I said, day one. Yeah. I literally come home and I said, I will be just full time. I'm just going to be a professional. I hadn't read this book at this point. Um, and I'd never heard anyone kind of talk about that. And in my head, that wasn't like the ideology, but that's how I treated it. Yeah. For um, sure. and then, you know, like this guy, he was a professional writer, even though he worked at a post office, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that, um, it seems like you did the same thing. You yeah. were just like, I'm just going to be a professional, even though exactly. I'm not technically a professional. 100%. And I, I understand hundred percent what you're saying there, because that was me when I started, focusing on riding i started you know stopped partying and i'm like all right I'm gonna, you know i'm gonna focus on bmx and 
at that point it was just focusing on riding my bike as much as I can and, and progressing on my bike and then I started traveling to events and I'm like oh well you know 2013 it sort of started kicking off for me and I'm like all right I'm gonna I'm gonna do this professionally I'm gonna treat this as a professional sport I'm gonna work out I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be an athlete I'm gonna work out I'm gonna eat properly I'm gonna put in the hours on my bike and that's exactly what I did. I treated treated it professionally, and in, in a sport that wasn't really professional yeah. at the time, people were, you know, everyone still partied the night before events, and no one worked out, and you know, I was I was just focusing on me, like this is how I can be my best, treat the sport professionally, and that was that was that was exactly what I did. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a professional here, and I, and I, that goes in every aspect of that, you know, chatting with sponsors. Um, you know riding my bike and, and making sure i feel good in that sense as well but obviously doing my best in the business side of bmx as well yeah um so in in every aspect of freestyle bmx i, I do my best to treat it professionally yeah yeah i mean that's just yeah exactly what i took from you know the stories that you're taking earlier it's yeah. just like and i and there's there's that one guy man that always comes along in every sport like to reference motocross it's ricky carmichael yeah it's like here's the dude that came along and acted like the world's gnarliest professional athlete yeah to the point where he elevated the sport to now everybody like if you want to win a championship you have to be a gnarly professional yeah, athlete exactly. at this and yeah. so is that i didn't know that you were maybe one of the guys that kind of first did that for bmx yeah i, I believe i was one of the, one of the first guys it, you know it's a, it, it was an unprofessional sport when i was when i was starting out um as i said everyone would party and stuff the night before events now you don't see that everyone's not drinking until the after party or not, not drinking, drinking at all, at all exactly yeah. and it, it's becoming it's over the past few years it's become so popular that everyone's working out everyone that's in the finals works out and eats properly and you know is is a professional and uh since 2013 when i started competing that's what i've done and then as the years went on, people are seeing like, oh, I'm doing, you know, I'm winning events or I'm doing this. It's like, ah, oh, maybe I need to, you know, work out as well or, you know, things like that. And it just, it just started clicking with everyone that they have to treat it like a professional sport. And I believe I was one, one of the first dudes. No, I wasn't the first dude to work out um, yeah. in freestyle BMX, but just to treat it professionally and stuff, I definitely had an influence on, on the other guys um, that are at the top now yeah well, i believe anyway yeah it's super yeah. cool and there's always that one dude that comes along and that guy's normally the champ for a while <laughs> yeah i mean i because i have treated it professionally over you know the last the last eight years it's what i just keep doing yeah and it's what keeps working for me yeah um, you know so, some people can go get drunk the night before an event and still ride well uh, but that doesn't work for me <laughs> I, I went and drank on the weekend i was done for two days you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um but that yeah that's just what i've done and that's just what what works for me so i just i do that all the time and that just come, comes back to routine and, and doing your process it's um that's that's my process so was there like much self-doubt that you had to overcome during these periods of time or have you always been able to just like kind of shelve that yeah when when i look back at it like i i won a feast event in france um and that was sort of my my I guess my breakthrough moment, um, ju just before that event, I got in contact with Lucas, which has been my agent for the last eight years. Are you with Myrtle? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with Lucas. So since 2013, and I spoke to him in maybe March or February and he, like I was talking to him and he was, he was a bit like iffy whether he wanted to sign another BMX rider. And he's, he's asking me like, 
like do you like how good are you really like he didn't really yeah. follow bmx and um do you think you can do well at events and I, you know i said i straight up said to him i wouldn't be going to events if i didn't believe in myself and i went to an event in france and i won the event and you know i i didn't i didn't i never i never think about this like i never think about did i have self-doubt at that event i just if i look back on it i just wanted to go and do a good run at that event and it ended up ended up winning the event so i never went into the event like oh like i can win this event like this is crazy like i could you know i could probably do well here it was just like i want to go and do well at the qualifying do well in the semi-finals and then i you know i made it to the finals like ah oh, shit like i you know i'm gonna do my best run today as well and then I, I won the event but i always just believed that i could do it and and that's and i said that to lucas on, on the phone and i said i wouldn't be going overseas to this event if i didn't think i could do well Mm. and I, I straight up said that to him and he's like all right like he and he gave me a chance and then we got some sponsors and you know we've been working together for eight years now so it's crazy yeah i actually didn't know that you were with metal yeah. he's a yeah he's a ga so that's a good dude yeah fuck that yeah that's crazy that there's that one moment too so was that like your first big win then yeah so i went to i went to a i went to an amateur event in 2011 and I, I won that but that wasn't you know that was my that was an amateur event overseas and then 2000 2012 i went to paris and that was my first professional event where i would verse like daniel durs and and some some of the you know some of the pros in the sport or the top top pros and i won that event but it was only a you know small mini ramp event so sort of when i won that event i'm like shit like that was at the end of 2012 right so going into 2013 i'm like shit i need to go and you know try try my luck at some of these other events simple session um faces and just you know travel as much as i can and i went to simple session in in february came six at that event and i sort of like messed up a bit so i'm like shit i rode like crap and i still came sixth mm. like all right i'm you know i'm gonna go home i'm gonna work towards getting to feast um in, in montpellier in france and then i won the event and then i think like the next seven events the next set or the next six feast events i won every single one of them in the next next two years over the course of two years or something like that and so sort of when i came on the scene i i was the guy from the start without without sounding cocky like i was i was not just you know oh, i was making a final here and there i was you know winning winning a lot of events from from when i first started competing and that just that just came with belief mm. um you know trying to put down my best run and then just believing that i could put down my best run and, and there's a funny way that momentum starts to build right yeah and the that's probably one of the things that i think more more about these days is just not letting go of momentum like once you've got momentum Keep it's kind of the it. it's kind of the routine thing right yeah. it's like once you fall out of routine i guess there's a certain form of momentum in routine but that momentum is powerful man right? and i and i think that it can start from zero and it's just like someone's momentum can be like okay like mitch i don't know if you know mitch orville um he's like a i guess you just say he's like an influencer kind of yeah. dude but he's he was uh his dad was the angry dad guy okay yeah, and yeah, um so he's run three k's every single day this year yeah right and he was fucking fat yeah. and partying balls and then just decided that I'm going to run 3Ks every day. Crazy. And it's like, I went and did a 3K run for him the other day because yeah. when he came on, I was like, I'll go do a 3K run for you. It fucking sucked. Yeah, and I definitely yeah. didn't run 3Ks the next day <laughs> or the next day. Yeah. But there's this momentum 
uh, that he created for himself. And he's like, whatever day we're in now, like he literally hasn't stopped. Yeah. And his whole life has changed. Yeah. His whole sure. life is so and, and different. That, ju- that just comes down to, to staying consistent with it. You know, he'll be running three Ks today and it'll be way easier than it was on oh, January 1st. Insane. Just because he's, he's stay consistent with it. And that, that comes back to like the way I, you know, ride my bike. If I do a 1080 every day for the next year, it's going to be like that be, three gonna, Ks. Yeah, exactly. So it just, it, that just comes with consistency and um, yeah, keep continuing to put in the work um, and then you can, yeah, can continue going forward. How do you feel about each contest all right where are you good time i'll oh, we'll wrap it up in a sec yeah. i know you got to get out of here yeah. he's on daddy duties yeah dad duties <laughs> um for so for me right i was I had another thought i recently had i honestly feel like the success or failure of this podcast after four years and like 270 plus episodes i feel like every podcast i do is like make or break yeah. Like I went and got lunch today. I'm like, fuck man, if this podcast doesn't go yeah. good with Logan, like this is it. Sure. And, and it's like, that's so weird. Like that's unfounded. That's not, is. that's a silly thing to think about. But I probably think that's part of why it does well is that maybe that element of like me thinking that literally every time I do this could be the thing that fucks it all up yeah. and then it all goes away and I'm like I really don't want that like I really want to do a good yeah, job exactly. like, do you have that with comps? 100% I think that's what keeps me motivated to work hard towards the next event because it's like well if I don't do good at this event like fuck like the last eight years is goes down the drain which it, it doesn't at all but that's what I think <laughs> yeah. and I, I understand what you're saying so much because it's, it's just little things within yourself you convince yourself that you know that's going to happen yeah exactly right and even if i'm riding a little local event i put so much pressure on myself to do well because i'm like you know i just i just i tell myself certain things like oh if i you know if i don't do this this is going to happen or yeah you know and i just even down to the littlest things i I just it's just telling yourself things that aren't even there but that motivates you to continue doing well every step of the way and yeah, I mean that's funny that you say that you say that um, because it's exactly the same as me. Every event I need to do well, or else you know I tell myself it's you know something bad's going to happen, or you know it's yeah it's make or break exactly. And it's even down to the littlest, littlest event where there's fuck all prize money, and <laughs> nothing whatever, on the line. nothing on the line, literally nothing on the line. Um, that that yeah, it's it's make or break. And you know it's funny actually that at the olympics on the saturday was a seating round right there's there's only nine riders it's a seating round no one gets no one gets knocked out um it's just to find an order for the sunday on the saturday i was most nervous way more nervous than i was in the finals for some reason and it's just there was nothing on the line that day it was just you know i was telling myself like i need to do well in these two runs so i can seed good which which was irrelevant really yeah but you know it just it just comes down to what you tell yourself and then how you want to how you want to um you know take action with that yeah it's funny man like it's just a a weird feeling and strange it's strange yeah and i i i don't know why but yeah it was just recently i don't know when it even really popped into my head but yeah i just i kind of realized that i was like dude there's this crazy stress every time that you do a podcast and i think part of it too comes down to maybe the fact that i just feel so lucky to be doing what i'm doing as well and a lot of times I don't really feel worthy of it in a way too, you know? Yeah. And, and I think there's probably some things where that you've said 
throughout this podcast where I feel like you might even have a little bit of that where you just think it's just purely luck. Yeah. The way that, you know, you're able to focus your mind that way and other people can't. It's like, there's a part of me that I'm just like, I'm just so fucking lucky to be in this position. Like none of this shit was planned. Like I obviously worked towards it, but at no point did I even dream that this could happen. So maybe there's a little bit of that, like where... Yeah, I don't know. Like you you're feel just, like it you're can just, just grateful all... to be where you are, and you don't want it to go away. Exactly. So you, you, you continue to work towards it, and yeah, doing and that's that comes down to doing your best every day, so it doesn't go away. Just because you're grateful for where you are, mm. I, I believe. Yeah. Is that so? You think that that's kind of like a yeah. you you are just so grateful and you want it so bad for that sure. you just don't want it to go away. Yeah, exactly. And I think when I was you know when I was younger, I wanted I wanted to be the guy you know at X Games or at, at Jew Tour you know, I was watching it on the TV and I was like, oh, that would be sick to be there. And then I, I got there and it's like, man, this is sick. Like I would never want it to go away. I wanted it so bad when I was younger. Uh, you know, why would I stop putting in the work now? It'll all go away if I, if I stop putting in the work. And there's, there's been a few, few quotes and a few sayings in this, uh, in this podcast, but I like it. Like it's hard to get to the top, but it's harder to stay at the top, mm. you know, because you've, you've already, you've, you've already got to where you want to be it's hard to stay stay up there and you know you'll see a lot of guys get to the top and then stop putting in the work and then you know it'll, it'll all go away and I, I wanted it so bad when I was younger I always tell myself like why would I stop putting in the work when I'm fully capable of continuing to put in the work mm. um, so I, I, I'm so grateful that I made it to the top and I, I wanted it I wanted it so bad and I want it to stay around for as long as I can so I keep putting in the work well I think uh, that to the people that get to the top and then they fall off. I think what happens from things that I've observed in people that have had that happen to them, I just, I think that they expected something different when they got there. Yeah, I agree. And then they weren't doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, and I think that you can see that with people that get rich. And I think that, like, I, I know for me personally, like, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. And that, like, really fucked with me when I was a kid and yeah. if I could go back to my childhood and like change the way I thought about certain things I would definitely change the way I related money and my circumstance right yeah. and that I think that kind of like tainted the way that I did some shit when I was younger um, and but now like I've seen I've, I feel so lucky to have been around people that I just seen come into like crazy money yeah. and then just be crazy unhappy. Yeah. And I fully changed my whole perspective around that thing that kind of did cause me problems before in my life. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, you can want this thing so bad, but if you want it for the wrong reason, then you'll get there and it's instant. Like yeah. the realization is instant. Yeah. And it's like you, you could win your first X Games gold medal and make it to where you wanted to be and if you didn't want that thing for the right reason that gold medal means shit yeah it honestly it's 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 the way you think about everything ha- has an effect on the way everything goes yeah um and i, I agree 100 percent. if you expected something to feel different when you got to the top yeah and it's not that then it's then it, you know that that's why you fall off and I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it come down to I never had much expectation. I just wanted to be traveling the world riding my bike Yeah. at the biggest events. Um, you know, winning, winning the events and stuff like that, that's, that's, it all feels amazing. And that's how I can keep going, I guess. But I didn't have an expectation of how it was going to feel, Yeah. I, I guess. 
I, I don't know. That might sound weird, but um, well, I think that that comes down to like you're doing it for the right reason. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you're not you're not hinging uh, your happiness on a result. Yeah, as yeah. such, you know, and and I think that that's the thing that has probably kept you at the top for so long is that it's like it's there for the right reason like yeah, it's sort right. of easy to say when because you are winning yeah but it's like you're so invested like you said in the processes and you it, it becomes about being the best version of yourself and yeah. and honing into this zone like oh, i personally think that you probably crave that zone like that space where nothing matters like you probably crave that a lot more than you maybe even give it credit for you know yeah. and it's like just if you can work your way into that place like that's probably a reward enough with, yeah without the result you know yeah no exactly right and uh, everything everything comes internally like i i work towards something because i because i want something on the inside for, like it, it's it's everything i tell it's everything i tell myself um you know i want to go do this because because of what i'm i'm telling myself and uh yeah i mean it you know everything comes from your mind um motivation expectation discipline everything comes from within your mind and and you, you you're well aware of that as well and um yeah every everything comes comes down to the the way think certain things make you feel mm. um yeah and uh it, then you're right it, for, for me everything feels right when i'm you know when i when i'm working towards something and mm. i don't have an yeah i don't have an expectation of the way something should feel but everything feels right for me i think no well it is uh pretty much bang on four mate i know you got to get out of here selfishly <laughs> I'd, I'd love to do another hour let me do it again i know that, that uh, two hours went really quick goes quick eh? that's <laughs> what so i quick. always say people they're like whenever someone says they don't have three hours to do it in your case you've got somewhere to be yeah but um when someone's like i don't know about three hours i'm like bro it goes like that yeah, trust honestly, me it goes so like quick. that yeah yeah Crazy. but uh yeah i really appreciate your time congratulations on Thank being you. uh the world's first olympic gold medalist in bmx freestyle Crazy. it's literally your life's work uh it couldn't happen to to a better guy as well um in terms of someone that is family man you've worked towards this for a long time and i think you're a really good representative um to yeah wear that gold medal and i, I guess like all the things that now it's going to come after yeah. in, the, in the next few years and in the future so yeah no i appreciate it i appreciate everything you said and uh yeah honestly i'm stoked to to come on, on this podcast and have a chat with you i have wanted to do it for a long time we have spoke about it a long time ago so i'm stoked we we got it done and uh yeah no i appreciate appreciate everything yeah i'm glad the way it worked out i'm glad it for happened sure. uh now post yeah exactly medal. yeah I, I agree 100 percent. So and cheers to sammy for uh for setting it up hooking that up yeah so sammy's a good dude the man that's <laughs> <laughs> it mate thanks ace brother yeah no worries i went so yeah, fast yeah that was dude. so quick honestly insane eh?